Welcome back to the Lost Joystick Network, episode 29. I did make sure you hit record. Very professional podcast, everybody. Shooting for the stars, my friend. <laughs> Nothing like playing on your phone while you're live streaming and recording a podcast. I don't ever pay attention to anything you guys do. I know. Show. Can we watch videos with Jay instead? Yeah, we'll set up some sort of simulcast or whatever it is that the kids do nowadays. There you go. My name is Mike. I am your host. <laughs> Joined, as always, by my co-host, Jay. Say hello, Jay. Who's screwing this up now? Say hello. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) And we have a special guest. We do. He'll be heard but not seen. Yep. Mr. Clearvis himself, Michael Chiaramonte. Hey, you got it right, I think. Hopefully. He'll tell us if we got it wrong. You got it. Ding. Good job. We did it. So, yeah, a good friend of the show. And avid Discord poster, YouTube extraordinaire, Mr. Kiramonte, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. All right. So we always start with how was your week in the intro and all that stuff. Let's start with you, our guest, Mike. How was your week? It's been it's been crazy. We've been running around a lot of parent stuff. Just with Running around with the kids, trying to keep the three-year-old from losing his mind while we deal with the stuff that the 10-year-old has to do, all while um, not being in our house right now. So, it's been it's been a little bit much, but but good. good, All good things. How are you? I'm, I'm good. So, is that it? Just the two kids? Yeah, ju- just the two, but that's enough. And... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been mostly it. I've been trying to squeeze in some gaming in the meantime. We can talk about, if you want, the uh, the the new cores that have been uh, released for the uh, Analog Pocket. Yeah. Uh, with the open FPGA. I'm um, messing around with those. Programmer uh, stuff, man. This is what happens when you put a programmer on the show. Good thing I started, yeah. I subscribed to a new YouTube I can watch. Yeah. Do you want to tell the people a little bit <laughs> Wait, about is, yourself? It's his YouTube. Before we roll into that, like, tell us a little bit about where are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in New York, currently sitting in my driveway, and uh, and I'm a professionally I'm a programmer, but uh, I started a YouTube channel probably about four years ago now on NES Homebrew. So started learning how to do NES Homebrew after listening to the NES assembly line podcast. If you haven't listened to it, unfortunately they haven't been put out, they haven't been putting out episodes recently, but they are a great podcast to go listen to if you're interested in the topic. So I started putting out episodes of live streams of me learning how to program for the NES. And then I also put out some, uh, some content related to kind of condensing all those, you know, literal, literally hundreds of hours of me programming into smaller videos to try and help people and it seems to work i got a lot of messages even now even though i haven't been streaming and recording lately because of just life being too busy um just people telling me that they watch my stuff and that it's helpful which is awesome it i will i will reiterate that like uh, i don't come from a programmer mindset like when i start looking at code i can look at like back in the day i could look at like batch files or scripts or you know whatever batch files or even like html code but like coding a program to me is like it just i can't even wrap my head around it's just not the way my brain works so i actually it's funny because i kind of found your site before i realized that you were the person on the discord and then i put it all together at one point it was kind of weird so 
but uh, but it is it's it's super useful, and I, I think uh, I think people should definitely check it out. So if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, definitely check out uh, Mike's uh, YouTube channel. So okay, so with that, now that we know a little bit about you, let's talk a little bit about your week then. Like I'll, we'll we'll start with you, Jay. Then you can go, and then I'll go last because I'm always the longest this. Well, so I mean, just to round out what I was saying, um, yeah, I was I've been looking forward to being on here. I'm watching your podcast ever since you told told us about it on the collector's quest yeah and you and i were chatting back and forth and we made it happen we're here yep we finally did it worlds are colliding mike yeah <laughs> so what have you been up to you know just trying like video to... game wise i should say let's say oh, how video, was your uh, week uh, in the video game world Let's 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 identify. Yeah. Game world. Let's clarify. Well, are we doing? We're not doing the collecting seg- seg- segment yet, are we? No, we'll get to that. Oh, next. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I should have looked at the show notes. Uh, <laughs> we should have sounded to... more than ten minutes yeah. before the show. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, I I've been trying out. Uh, so, like I said, I've been playing some of the stuff on the Analog Pocket. They released FPGA cores. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have been porting. Uh, some of the cores that they have on Mister, and if you don't know what Mister is, it's another FPGA yeah. platform, kind of like what Analog puts out for their stuff, but but not a um, not a commercial product per se. And um, basically, what it is is uh, some people have been porting the code that's in the Open FPGA format or for the Open FPGA p- format from the Mister stuff. So that they can, um, you can play now Neo Geo, some Neo Geo games on the Analog Pocket. Mm-hmm. So I've been messing around with that, and then also, um, what's the other thing that they just released too? Uh, game Gears uh, Master System Mark uh, the SG One Thousand. So mm-hmm. just been playing around with that kind of stuff, and and you know, really just having a ball, kind of seeing that work and being like how the hell did anybody make this happen? This is so crazy. <laughs> it it sounds like there's like a war brewing here is what it seems like. Like there might be some yeah. conflict between the, the analog people and the Mr. People and the commercial versus the GPL or, you know, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, some people want it to be, I think generally the people who are actually d- developing the cores don't actually care. I think they're right. pretty happy to just, make their stuff available anywhere but there are people who are all about you know like mister is the platform that you should be supporting and analog they're dirty capitalists and they're trying to make money you shouldn't yeah and you shouldn't port the cores because you're you're supporting them and you know you're not going to make money but like i mean at the end of the day Jurassic is making a ton of money from all these people who are buying the de10 nano for mister like so, how is that any different than you know analog? You know, it's uh, not. It's, People just want to yeah, complain. So yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Well, beyond that, what else you got going on? You been playing anything or just messing with the analog pocket? I was playing Tunic on the Xbox, which is a cool like Zelda like indie game that's really freaking hard. Okay, I really enjoyed that, and I think I've just given up on Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, I haven't even I opened playing, mine. <laughs> oh God. I, I put like, I put 20 hours into it and I, I made some progress and it's just like, not fun. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just punching a wall yeah. and everybody's like, you know, look, the blood that you're finding, you know, from your, on your, on your knuckles, 
that's just like because you're getting good and then and then eventually you know you'll make it through that wall and it'll be even better and i'm just not there i don't have the time to be screwing around with that i bought when when matteo was in town we we went on like a cavalcade of game stores i think we went to like 10 of them and one of the game stores we went to was one up up in saginaw up in bay city actually and that's where our buddy mark works and yeah. they, it was the it was the day that Elden Ring was released. So I bought it because I'm like, oh, I'll buy it. I, I've got an Xbox. I'll play it. <laughs> I haven't even opened it. It's just it's yeah. sitting there. So it's like I just can't. Yeah, but Retro Bobby's in the chat. He says I've been holding off on Elden Ring too. I'm like I just can't. Like I'm like it's gonna. It, I'll either get so far into it, like like the Animal Crossing or Breath of the Wild stuff. Or I'll just be like, I, I don't have time for this. And I don't know if I have time for it. That's the problem. And you got yeah, you really have to have the time for it. Yeah. And you got wrapped into that, uh, what was it, for the PlayStation, Last of Us. Oh, well, yeah, Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2. You got that one for a minute. Oh, too. those games are great. I loved those games. Yeah, they, I really did. So, all right. Um, well, then, Jay, you got, before I move on, I should say, Mike, anything else before I move on to our other, Mike D here is, is self-anointed, no. <laughs> the self-anointed. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think we're good. Uh, I I could keep talking. I uh, feel free to just t- say, "Hey, Mike, shut up," because I, I do tend to go on. Well, then I'll be talking to both of you. I guess we're all Mike's <laughs> today. You really wanted to confuse everything by adding initials to everybody, didn't you, Jay? Yes. I'm not going to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going back to Jay. So, Jay, what have you been up to? Nothing. Oh, I see. I haven't done anything. I need the cricket sound on you the really side. You really do because I like, do nothing. <laughs> I know. I know. sit back and every t- that- every two weeks when we sit down and do this show, I'm like. God, I don't do anything. I work and well, I go home and hang out with my kids. And if I'm not in town, it's not like you're coming over and we're hanging out. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even play video. Well, I guess I could. I can just go over to your house. You, you could. Yeah, I, yeah, it was nobody there. Actually, it'd probably been nice. It was quiet over there. Could have took all the stuff you were going to sell, pick <laughs> it up, ship it. I got shipping supplies. Oh, yeah, I probably could have done that. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. Put it all together. All right. Well, if you're nothing. Yeah, I got, well, I'm just. So I'm, I'm abridging mine so you can have more time for yours. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Since you're the whole first page here of the show, I am not. That's not true. What arcade cabs do we get this week? Anyway, I says to Mabel, I says, <laughs> no, th- my, my last two weeks, ever since we recorded the last show, I have barely been down at my office studio at all. So on Monday, I came down here, edited the podcast, posted it. Then that night, I was on Matt and Mark's podcast, the Matty Ice and Marky Mark podcast. Mark was in Seattle, so I uh, lent the studio to Matt for the show, and then it subsequently was also on it with Kyle from Retro, and so did that, and then Thursday had to go get Connor, and then Friday I came back, and I was prepping because we were doing this Comic-Con. There was a Comic-Con here in Flint, the really cool Comic-Con, so Friday was set up. So like oh, I had yeah. to get all this stuff done. The bid was due by Friday for the RFP. By the time, once it was done and submitted, then I left from here. You and I went over to Retro. I had my trunk full of stuff. We went over to Retro. You did do something. I did. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I did do something. <laughs> so Jay and I met over at Kyle's because Kyle and I shared space at the Comic-Con as vendors, right? So went there, set everything up. Good old Kyle's, what, 27? He and his buddy yes. didn't show up until the show after the show started on on saturday the show started at 8 a.m and they were there at like 8 15 i'm like where have you been luckily we set everything up for you <laughs> oh so, we didn't let that go at all no we did not let it go but but anyway i was there all weekend and then we left there on sunday went home did laundry and then monday morning we got in the car and went out to the east side of the state for four yeah. days so i was there until about nine hours ago eight hours ago and got here had to finish writing show notes for the topic of the show 
and get notes written and all that stuff in the past couple days. It's just, you know, so it's just been a constant barrage. I'm, I'm ready. I take Connor back to his mother tomorrow. And then after that, I feel like my life will start to settle down a little bit. How nice would it be if you had like a, I don't know, maybe you should see about getting a co-host. So then they can help you with notes and get. Yeah, I'd really like somebody to pick up some of the slack around here. It'd be cool. <laughs> if you guys know anybody, there's an opening. So, but anyway, uh, but no, so the Comic-Con was great. It was really a Comic-Con more so than a video game show. Like, yeah. so when I did CCAG, that's all video and arcade game stuff. This was really a Comic-Con. Like they, they had a number of guests. So they had like Butterbean. They had Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. They Everybody had said was really nice. Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, they, yep, they said he was great. Uh, Jimmy. You know, uh, Brett Valentine, the guy who played the whatever Greg Black the Ranger, Valentine. whatever. Yeah, come on, man, get with it. Whatever, it's not my scene. But the guy who played the Black Ranger, like, and I Power Rangers, you looking at me like I would know that one, dude. Eighties wrestlers, yes. I'll Power tell you Rangers, what. no. You got me nothing. The guy that I played, know, the dude that plays the White Ranger is some Jason dude. That's all I know. The guy that played the Black Ranger had the longest line of any celebrity there and was charging more than twice. What everybody else was for an autograph. Wow. A hundred dollars. And his line was unrelentingly long. Guess should have figured out who he was. I yeah, maybe I should have looked into it, but who gives a crap? Yeah, well. Anyway, but the show was good. It was mostly comics and toys and stuff like that. I had a good show, sold a bunch of stuff. Kyle had an even better show, which was good because he had more stuff than me. But Kyle wound up selling like twice as much as me and was super ecstatic. And we we all had a great weekend. But like I said, then I went straight from that to this vacation and then came back and on the vacation, I got to play Undertale. So, Matteo has been pounding on me to play Undertale, and I started it. So, if how anybody's... Have have you played it? No, I have not. That's why I asked how it was. Well, I was going to ask Mr. Uh, Kiramonte if he's played it. Have oh, you played sorry. Undertale? I have it. I have not played it. I've heard good things. It's it's a very... I have only just started. I've played about an hour and a half in it and of it, and there's different paths you can go down so it's like a pacifist path there's a genocide path there's a whatever anti whatever it is it's a very emotional game to immediately it's like an earthbound slash final fantasy 3 type rpg but it's very much like it's very minimalistic from a uh, aesthetics perspective and even a even a gameplay perspective it's really mostly about a story and decision making in this emotional roller coaster of things that you have to make these like uh, uh, moral decisions almost. I don't know how else to de- to define it. So definitely worth playing. I'm gonna I want to try and play through it. It's a p- pretty short game and and uh, but yeah. So I played that and then I <laughs> I've been playing a little bit of Animal Crossing again. So I got back into that. Uh, here we go. Well, Connor wants to play it. So my oh. son wants to play it. We don't play a lot of games together. So. He wanted to play it. I've got back on there and I'm talking to Scoot and Sylvia and Savannah and Tom Nook's kids are idiots. I love that meme where it's like Tom Nook when he finds out that you paid off your house by selling his kids bugs and weeds. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? It's just the best because it's so true. <laughs> so, but am anyway. I, am I allowed to comment on the notes on, on, our, on our notes here? Are you allowed to comment on yeah, our notes? No. Because you said you were Not at all. back on Animal Crossing. <laughs> I said I'm back on my Animal yeah. Crossing bullshit. <laughs> That's the note you put on here. Back on my Animal Crossing bullshit. Eh, kind of. So, But I, I enjoy it. I had to go pick all the weeds. I hadn't been there in three months. I actually take that back. I went on my birthday. Because if you ever want to feel good about yourself, and you're ever like alone, and you feel like nobody cares about you, get on Animal Crossing on your birthday. And the, man, <laughs> 
it really is this cool thing. Like, it's really neat. And then, like, I my, thought you were gonna be like, man, then you really do feel. Yeah, you feel like a total nerd <laughs> and loser. No, it makes you. It just it does. It feels so inclusive. And like, my son sent me a postcard in the game as a note. And on the my birthday, I opened it and like. KK Sliders there singing a song and the thing comes up on the screen. It, it's, it's an emotional thing, man. It's it's pretty cool. So anyway, that's that's pretty much what my past couple of weeks have been like. So yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about the Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Man, it was like 48 hour blur. <laughs> and you were there with me the whole time. I know. Jay and I just sat there and watched Trailer Park Boys while I sold yes. Super Famicom games. <laughs> that first day was kind of miserable because it was hot. Oh, yeah. It was really hot. They didn't turn on the air conditioning at the arena until it was too late for some reason. Something, there was a mishap there. But well, the, the next second day, day was, was nice. Another, yeah, it was nice so. and relaxing. All right. So I guess we're ready to get into our uh, collecting segment. Yeah. The honors go to you, Mr. Chiaramonte. Let's talk about what you've picked up recently. So, I feel like Tyler I picked up a lot of bullshit lately. Um, <laughs> well, you you nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean that in the best possible way, because it's not like it's even stuff that I didn't want or didn't need, but it was all just kind of, I bought a lot of inserts and posters because I was kind of like, well, you know, I have these copies of games that are pretty nice, but they don't have the stuff that they're supposed to have. So I probably should just make them have all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I went kind of searching for really specific posters and things like that. And uh, that's always kind of a gamble because you get some people that are like, Oh yeah, this poster, it's 40 bucks, even though, you know, everybody and their mother is selling that poster and it's just, nobody wants to come down to a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, I actually had a, I had a pretty good deal. Somebody put one up for, for auction and I was the only person that bid on it. So it ended up being something like four bucks, which was awesome. That's where you get your value nowadays. The buy it nows and all that stuff, people setting prices. You don't you don't get deals unless it's some anomaly thing. You know, nowadays it, you have to watch auctions and bid and that's where you get deals. It's the opposite of the way it used to be. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Weird. So um, I'm looking at my eBay history now cuz I, I don't even remember. So that stupid Mega Man 2 sticker mm some posters i decided you know it was dumb for selling my cart version of crystalis so i bought it complete in box mm -hmm. i listened to johnny and tyler too much so i i bought castlevania and super mario brother hang tab complete in box versions because i don't know why because 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 it was like i had super mario brothers and it kind of started to get in my mind like you know how you get like this little something that kind of gets in deep when you hear like the copy you have is not good enough and you're just like I, shit i'm gonna be honest with you i stopped the only time i worry about that is when i'm like and not worry is a strong word i i how do i put this without being like crass if someone has made a mistake 
and they've got like like let's say they have somebody has like a, a gloss sticker seal mario up for sale and it's like woefully underpriced having that knowledge and exploiting it i would do but i'm not mm-hmm. going to go out and chase like a circle seal mario hang tab first second third sticker print blah 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 like i know about all that stuff and and what it is it's important to understand and acclimate yourself to what you collect right you want to be knowledgeable but like in my opinion it's like i never feel like i'm missing out because i've got a crappy 6.0 it was like literally the last hang tab print like the tm hang tab print of mario I found mm-hmm. it at a store for $200. I bought it. I sent it in to get graded. It came back at a 6.0, and it sits on my shelf. And then I have another copy that is probably in slightly worse condition that's like the promo oval seal that sits right. on my shelf. The the uh, At one point, I found a very, very nice oval seal promo copy of it and, and got it graded and sold it for a ridiculous amount of money because I didn't care. You know, I'm like, I, d- yeah. I just don't. It's cool. Like, I'd like to have a hang tab Metroid. But it's like, I also go, I don't really care. It wasn't the one I had. I'm sure when I bought it, you know, I didn't buy it when it first came out. I was, you know, I didn't even have an NES when it first came out. So the likelihood of right. me having a five screw hang tab Metroid, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me, but I understand it. I get the, I know that feeling where you're like, okay, like I'm missing out. I need to get this thing. Cause if I don't, I'll never get it too. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm, to be clear, I'm not going for like, you know, the earliest, earliest copies because I just can't stomach paying so that much. amount of money. Yep. Um, it's gotten out of know, hand. Yeah. I mean, but here we are talking about Dracula X when we're talking about paying lots of money. <laughs> Speaking um, of out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in retro game enthusiasts, you know, the, I can't tell you the number of listings. I'm sure you've seen. It's like, oh, these were my son's games and I don't know anything about them. So I'm just selling them. And, you know, half of them are like re- reproductions and it's yeah. like, wow. This is what a shit show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So a lot of that stuff, the two cool things that I actually felt really happy about getting because they're just kind of, I don't know. They were just kind of neat. Uh, were, I bought one of those super Famicom memory cassettes, the, yeah, the, the SC memory cassettes. Yeah. It's SC, and, right? Isn't it the SC cart? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the one where in Japan you could bring it to a kiosk and they would you, you could buy the game uh, and they'd write it to a flash cartridge essentially. Yep, they were always trying to do that in Japan, man, with the with yeah. the disc system, with this, they you know that whole blockbuster thing they tried to do here, the green leaf and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it never worked anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's I I think it's super cool. I would have loved to have seen that for Super Nintendo. I didn't have yeah. a Genesis growing up, so I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know um, that was a thing until yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> I that, had was the, yeah. that was the blue car, yeah. right? There's a blue and a green. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. go ahead. No, that's fine. And then, and then, I, you know, ironically, the reason that that popped up was because I have a saved search for Super Mario World because for a long time I had been looking for that complete in box. And so it's got super Mario world and super Mario all stars, oh, which wow. is fine. Those are cool games. I like those games. But um, even that it has something on it and it works is almost like that's cool enough to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and then, and then the only other thing worth mentioning really is, um, I got the, in Japan, they had done a really cool five game collection for Rockman. Yeah. Like, I guess a couple of years ago and, and I was, I was going to get it. And I'm like, when I, when I, when it was released, I was going to get it from Amazon Japan. And then I was like, 
do I really need this? And and then, you know, inevitably the answer was yeah, yes. because uh, <laughs> the Legacy Collection 2 on there for the Switch, that's that's the only way to get those games on a Switch cartridge because in the U.S. they released it. Uh, the Collection 1 and 2, it's the first collection is on the cart and the second collection is a download code for both the Legacy Collection and X1, X2. Yeah. Um, it was a cool box, by the way. I saw the picture. Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool box. So um, I had been kind of playing around getting that on eBay, and everybody on there, like we were talking about before the show, prices in Japan are getting a little bit high because they're they're seeing us and they're going, wow, these, these Americans are dumb. They're willing to pay crazy amounts of money for these games that we don't want here. Well, um, I think also part of that is the fact that so many people kept so much of that stuff and there was so much more of it too. So yeah. like something that's deemed almost valueless over there, like there's, you know, so many boxed copies. Like I can't imagine the ratio of the number of boxed copies of Final Fantasy VI for the Super Famicom versus Final Fantasy III for the Super Nintendo. You all yeah. you sold a million more, and you you kept. Surely they kept way more. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. it's junk sometimes over there. In this case, is not. I'm just saying, but but that's. I think yeah. a lot of the times is that now they're going. Okay, these people want these things, and then over there it's junk. But the smart people over there are going. Maybe it's junk to us, but it's not junk to everybody. <laughs> right, right. So, so the, I I just randomly happened to find a seller who was selling it for about a hundred bucks less than everybody else. Nice. And I was like, okay, surely there's something wrong with it. But they had a good rating, so I took a chance. And actually, it's in good condition. Everything was there. Everything seems to work. So I was pretty happy about that. Nice. All right. Yeah. Well, anything else before I move uh, on to Jay? No, I mean, other than my bankruptcy proceedings, I think we're good. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss that <laughs> right. in another episode. That'll be the financial advice uh, podcast. Right, right. That's a, the, that's a the do as we say, not as we do part yeah, of the collection. That's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, you must pay to hear that advice. <laughs> oh, there's a good reason for that. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, well, uh, very good, Jay. How? Uh, what do you got over there? Did you, you do anything? you buy any records or... Let me see what I got Any here. Bubble gum my or list. baseball cards. So I got, I just, I, I actually brought a couple things to show. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are yours. Yeah, Never all this mind. stuff here is my stuff that I bought because I'm the stupid one. I know you're going to be shocked. What? I got nothing. Man, you really, so let me get this right. I'm the lamest dude alive. You have done nothing for two weeks. Yep. You have bought nothing. Nope. You helped nothing with this, the notes. You nope. did. You did help. Oh, well. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to paint a picture here. It's not fair. Did I, did I do nothing? So nothing. Nope. It's not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. <laughs> nope. Jay, right. Jay, do we have to start buying you Super Nintendo games? Is that what it's going to take? Again. Again. <laughs> Say yes. No, yeah, sure. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I just I haven't I, I honestly I just um Jay's too good much, for us. No, I've been pretty much homebody and <laughs> The only the only times I did go out really was just when so I went out Friday night to help you set up, and then we were at the show all day Saturday and most of the day Sunday. It was so. funny we were at the Comic Con for two days. We only walked around a couple of times and neither of us bought anything. No, Comic Con's great because I don't really have any interest in any of that stuff. And I yeah, you do I really, but, I, but I'm it's it's I'm not past comics. That's yeah. the problem. I I there's some stuff I saw at the Comic Con where I was like, ooh, I should buy that. I just haven't got anything in a while. Valdor says that you've got it figured out. Let the other people buy the collection for you. 
I did beat Mortal Kombat 3 a couple times at your house. You sure did. We just didn't tag Madio. We got to do that. No, I beat two, we got beat lazy. Three. We got lazy. <laughs> Sony, so get it, the FX Pack Pro. Get the <laughs> FX Pack Pro and finish your entire collection in one go. Problem solved. See, Don't, he's he's really the best advice that so anybody see, gets. Man with solutions. So, yeah. But, no, I really didn't have anything else. What about you? I bet you got a laundry list. Maybe two or three things. Why do you say that? Is it just because of all the stuff on the table and the, the list on the, the sheet here? All right, everybody, buckle up. It's yep, not that long. See, he's learning. This is easy. Got a bunch of Super Famicom games, kept one. Puzzle Bobble. Had to keep that. Okay, had to. You got, told me you to. You got more than that. That's all I kept. But you... I, I'm not collecting them. They're for sale. That's all you kept over the weekend. That's, what do you mean? That's all I kept. Do you sell Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It was on the table. Nobody bought it. Yeah. It's still in the for sale mm-hmm. bin. If anybody wants Mutant Warriors for Super Famicom, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's for sale. What about Rockman? They're all for sale. Oh. They're in the bin. They're not out of the bin and on my shelf. I have heard you a number of times say, they don't sell this weekend. I'm keeping them. I haven't even had a chance to think about that in five days. <laughs> <laughs> I say a lot of things that I don't remember. All right, alone. So you, so puzzle you Bobble. Puzzle Bobble is your only one. Yes, exactly. It's my only one. I also grabbed a Famicom copy of Godzilla King of Monsters, complete in box. Scored that a couple weeks ago. Finally showed up. Kyle's pissed off. He wants it. Got to brush off a uh, Famicom so we can play it. It's too bad for him. Well, good news. One of the other things I got was a Famicom twin, the oh. Sharp Famicom twin, with a working uh, disk drive. Mine has mine has decided just not to work. So, And I've tried to calibrate it, and I've gone through the steps and put a new belt and all that stuff. And I think there's a problem with the reed head because it's super erratic. Like, I've done everything with the motor speed and all the crap. So I bought another one. It works fine. We should also say Veldor finally got his package. Did he? He got his Tetris. He got his Super Famicom games. And he got a Famicom from me, and it all showed up. And stickers and yeah. a pencil, I think. I can't even remember what I put in that box. Yeah, you put a pencil in there. I remember it. So, but that got done. And then, let's see, I went to Canada while I was on my little trip off to the east coast of the state. Tuesday, I spent the day in Canada when I drove across the bridge there at Sarnia. I had a good reason to go over there. I have a good friend who lives on in London, Ontario. Yes. And he is 29, kind of getting into, he's been buying and selling games, but he's kind of formalizing it finally. He has a site, I believe it's called Whippet Games on Facebook. His name is Holden. And I met him through like punk rock shows and stuff like that years yeah. ago and, and whatever. So we're, we always talk through Facebook and chat and all that stuff. And he's like, well, he's been holding a few things for me. And finally I was like, well, I'm going to be on the East coast of the state. Why don't I, it's, I'm literally 20 minutes from the border. Why don't I just jump in the car and drive over? So spent the day there on Tuesday. I bought some stuff from him and I bought some stuff from a couple of the shops we went to. I also went to Swish LA. You were like, suck it family. I'm going to Canada. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You guys go do whatever you do on vacation. This is what I do on my vacation. Go to video game stores and go to another country. And hadn't you gotten some stuff from Holden before? Holden was the person who sold me my last game for my license set Sands Stadium events. He sold me Gun Knack and shipped it over. There you go. So, yep. Gun Knack and the manual. So, I got some loose NES games. Got a bad dude. I was running low. So, scored a bad dudes from him. This is stuff that Holden had in his, like, inventory. So, what do you got? Like, 70... Well, Bad I need dudes to, carts and listen, then you got the stand-up arcade. Okay. Here's the problem. There's one that goes in the backdrop of the Instagram. Okay. There's one that goes in my collection. And then there's one here because the one that was in my collection fell behind the thing here. <laughs> so behind our set of all these VHS tapes and logos and shit, which I don't want to move, there's a copy of Bad Dudes back there. 
Some say there's always been a copy of Bad Dudes back there. <laughs> so, but it's like he a had time a time capsule for yeah, Bad Dudes. Kinda. So it's like a Robbie Coleman time capsule. <laughs> kinda. So yeah, in case I was running low, right? I I grabbed that from him, took it home, or I have it here. I'm going to take it home and put it back in the collection because the one that was there is behind the wall here. One of the other things I grabbed were the Canadian variants of Super Mario Brothers. So to the untrained eye, they look exactly the same, and that is because mostly they are. Well. <laughs> Other than at the very bottom, it says NES-SM-CAN, not US or USA. I thought maybe he would throw little hockey sticks instead of fireballs. Yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Like some back bacon or maybe like a, I don't know, an Elsinore beer. Ooh. But yeah, so the same with Super Mario 1 and 2. They just say, you know, dash CAN for Canada. Now, the Super Mario 3 was interesting because there's two versions. There's the, you know, classic Mario 3 front label there. And then if you look at the end label... It's a little bit different. That's how I noticed it at first. It has a little, I'm assuming that's like French MC or whatever that is under the TM. It's like trademark, but in French, right? Because all these carts are, are bilingual. Like if you look at the back of the Super Mario Brothers, the back is, is a little bit different. It's bilingual, right? It has oh, the, yeah. no oh, one yeah, can see that. Too. But, but so the late release, there's I guess a, that's some French. Good call. There's gotcha. a dash, there's a dash one Super Mario Bros. 3 for Canada. Much like the left bros, right bros controversy of the U.S., this is the red stripe. The red line across the top, Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Mario Bros. 3, which I had not seen until I was in Canada. And my my Canadian friend says, oh, I just thought that was a late release version that everybody got. And I'm like, I've never seen a copy of Super Mario Bros. 3 that has the red line across the top. So I had to grab that. Yeah, I had to grab that. Neat. Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. And? And then... One step away from my Tengen loose, you know, set, I found a copy of RBI Baseball 3. So now I'm down to Afterburner. I just need Tengen Afterburner. Which I, I don't, know a no, guy we talked to later that probably has Afterburner. Well, we're going to find out. That's the only one I need. You might cut your deal for that in Bubble Bath Babes. <laughs> now I'm going to get to the actual fun stuff. Okay? Not that fun. <laughs> this one's not that fun. Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Foot Brawl. Okay? A terrible terrible sega genesis game which i purchased at a shop in canada which is great to shop in canada by the way when you go shopping everything's like 25 to 30 percent off because i'm buying i'm buying in u.s dollars and it's all canadian so i'm like oh it's 60 dollars no it isn't (laughs) it's always less but it was actually in really nice shape it had the manual and it's one of the uh black you know grid games that i didn't have so i grabbed that and i bought the nintendo micro versus system and it's like a little two-player Almost like a Game & Watch style game. It's a single screen. And this one is Donkey Kong Hockey. There's Punch-Out. I think there's a race car one. Maybe Conveniently, it's hockey. Yeah, what are the odds that it was hockey, right? I actually thought that was kind of funny myself. But yeah, it's actually very cool. It's complete in box. It even has like the little um, insert and manual and everything. And it's in really nice shape. Uh, so I grabbed that from a shop. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm going to give that a run. It's just a little two-player Mario you know, or cool. Donkey Kong Hockey two-player game. All right, second coolest thing I got. Sealed copy of Castlevania Chronicles for PS1. What a segue. Ooh, nice. Yeah, my buddy Holden got this from a collection. It's not in great shape, but it's not in terrible shape. No. It's nice. It's It came from an electronics boutique Canada. <laughs> you can tell by the price tag on the front for $34.99, which would be like, you know, 27 bucks US or something yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, I picked this up from him. It's been sitting in his bin, and I told him I would grab it if I ever came across the border, so I did. I'll probably send this in, get graded, and just put it on the shelf. 
because why would I open it at this point? That would be stupid. The coolest thing I got is this. It's an OG Zelda Game & Watch. Not the one that just came out like a year ago or whatever it was. The one you got was. for Christmas present. The one I got for Christmas present from my co-host and wonderful friend, Jay. This is an OG, and it still has like the peel on the front, like the, the plastic peel that's never been peeled off. This thing is in fantastic shape. It is. It's in really good shape. And it works. And it works. And it's, it's really cool. It's definitely a shelf piece, but it's really, really nice. So I was super hyped because 14-year-old Mike really wanted one of these. <laughs> and I hardly ever see them. And the fact that he had one and it was in such nice shape, I had to grab it. So I got to be pretty careful with this, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. It's very durable. It's I meant dropped for, my phone. It was meant for kids to play with. So you should just drop it and throw it around. I'm so sure. I can peel this? Go ahead. And yeah, would you just peel that off there for me? That That'd off? be really cool. kind of bad. Thanks. It looks bad that way. Anyway. So, and then one thing I did not put on the list here that I remembered is, Mike, are you an Arkanoid fan? Oh, I've played it. I, I, I don't think I've played it enough to say I'm a fan or not, but I, I've enjoyed it the few times I've played. So... I'm not a huge fan, but I always wanted the big box for the, the, the Voss controller and the game and all that stuff. I always wanted that. And I've, I've only ever seen it in the wild two times since I got back into collecting. One of them, it was already sold. I couldn't buy it from the lady. She's the lady I bought my Metroid CIB from. And the other one was a trashed copy that was at a disc replay that smelled like someone had used it for an ashtray for 30 years. So I'm like patrolling around on ebay and come to find out there's a bunch of new old stock boxes and manuals and trays floating out there like apparently taito dumped all this stuff and this guy's been sitting on it or whatever so they like they dug this stuff out or whatever someone discovered all this new old stock stuff so i bought a new old stock box tray and manual and now all i need is a controller i do not have the Voss controller so but I did get that. I put it together, got a little box protector and folded it up and it was kind of cool. It looks great. So I'm, he might answer, I love it. He might answer in the chat or we can ask him later, but doesn't Robbie have one of those too? I wonder if he has the controller. Oh, all, yeah, he He's has got the controller. He doesn't, doesn't have he? a spare, but he has one. Huh? Yep. And he actually purchased his box and manual and tray just like me. Oh, nice. Yep. John, John actually had a nice one prior to that. I guess he was saying, uh, but yeah, Robbie was the one I went to. I was like, what do you think of this? He's like, that's where I got mine. Robbie does. Look at that. Robbie <laughs> yep, does. Yep. So, so. yeah, Robbie, I know do you he, have the control too. They both have all, they of both it. have I everything. Just, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. John has a nice CMB, CIB that he had prior to that discovery of, of the new old stock stuff. But yeah, if you're looking for a box and, and tray and manual, you can get on there and make an offer to the guy and, and, and you'll get it if you want it. So nice. I, I wanted it and I got it. So that pretty much wraps up the collecting piece of the show. So no new arcade cabinets. Not as far as I know. I haven't been to the house that much. I looked in the, <laughs> I, I looked in the garage. I didn't see any, but I didn't look that close. Who knows? There might've been okay. some in there. Who, who's to say? Mr. Kiaramonte. Yes. As, as I've now dubbed you, why don't you tell the listeners what our show topic is? If you would be so kind. Oh, well, well don't you know, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Dracula X. Probably one of the more controversial Castlevania games Perhaps. released here. Let's see. We'll, we'll find out about that in a little bit. Yeah, Castlevania Dracula X for the Super Nintendo. And we're going to talk specifically about the Super Nintendo reimagining or whatever you want to call it of Rondo, right? We'll get into all that. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the topic of the day. Now, real quick, before I forget, I want to talk about our giveaway. I have not had any time to put together all of the entrants. And, and anybody who wants to continue to enter to this giveaway, I'm going to give you all the details on it now. So 
we are giving away a copy of Don uh, Super Donkey Kong for the Super Famicom and Street Fighter 2 for the Super Famicom. Complete in box. Mm -hmm. We will give them away on the next episode, which will be August 24th, which is a yes. Wednesday. All you have to do is follow us on Instagram at Lost Joystick and send us a DM with your favorite Sega Genesis game. Even if you don't have one, make one up. You can tell us a fake game. You can tell us that Mario is your favorite game. And we'll be like, you're entered. It's fine. Or Altered Beast, like our last episode. Nobody's going to do that. I was going to. You're not eligible to win. Oh. Co-hosts <laughs> and their families are not eligible to win. So I'm oh. going to talk a little bit about the release of this game. Okay. This is a very interesting game. We're going to start is. with the release. This is a Super Nintendo game that came out in Japan as Akamaju Dracula XX. This game came out July 21st, 1995 in Japan. And then in the States, SIP in North America, September of 1995. That is when the PlayStation came out. That is when the PlayStation came out. September of 1995, exactly. And then in Europe as Castlevania Dracula's Kiss. February. Chef's Kiss? No, Dracula's. Oh, we'll get into Dracula's profile in a minute. We got his dating profile on here, too. All right. February 22nd, 1996, and then in Australia, June 22nd of 1996. That is literally five months before the Nintendo 64 came out. I think it came out in November of 96. Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I'm pretty you. sure it was late 96, yeah. Somewhere around there. So, Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit about Castlevania Dracula X for the Super Nintendo? I can do that. Perfect. So, um, of course, it's an action-adventure platformer. Everybody knows that. It's pretty much what all the Dracula games were at this point. The Dracula games? The Dracula games. <laughs> like Kid Dracula? This is like we were just talking, so reimagining, and I'm going to say this wrong, I always do. Akumaju Dracula X, or Chino Rondo for it's, the PC engine. It's not or, it's both. Oh, it's, it's both. Akumaju Dracula X Chino Rondo, which translates to Rondo of Blood. That's a lot of work. For the PC engine. Okay. Go on. It takes place nearly 300 years after the original Castlevania. So like the first two, and, yeah, right? One and two. Yeah. So um, there's seven levels in the game. Each have a boss. Just like a stage boss. Traditional, yeah. Um, so and, and just to kind of list out the stages. So stage one's called the Burning Town. Appropriately. Yes. When you're walking through the whole background on the game is uh, on those levels. Every part of that level is on fire. I'm going to so. say this. We're skipping the names of the, the bosses because, man, those are some of the wackiest names for bosses I've ever seen. <laughs> and we already know I'm going to struggle boss with the actual real names. Yeah. Minotaurusu. Salamander is an easy one, but the rest of them are just like, what? Is, these. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we got Dracula. I mean, Minotaurusu is definitely just Minotaur. Right. right. So Caraburosu, yeah. um, I don't know what that is. I wanted to chime in and say... How did anybody boot up that game and not be like, holy crap, I can't believe they're doing this on Super Nintendo? Because that first level, not only does it look amazing for the Super Nintendo, the music is so good. Yeah, the, it's funny. When we first played this game, Jay and I were playing it on my EverDrive because I don't have this cartridge in the basement. And I had it uh, hooked up to... I have, I have my... Super Nintendo hooked up to like a, whatever it's called, the G, uh, the SCART SW, the SCART switch, the GW, whatever it is. But then the audio goes mono out to a receiver. And I realized that because the game was being played in stereo, but it was really, it just sounded way off. Remember when we were listening yes. to the game, it sounded totally messed up. And then I went and played it on the switch and I was like, 
this doesn't sound anything like what it sounded at home. It just sounded weird and it was bouncing in and out. So I changed it to mono and it sounded fine. It oh. sounded pretty good. But I will, I will say this also. While I agree with you, that is a very good song. I, I don't love how it doesn't fit Castlevania. Like it's like slap funk bass and stuff. I'm like, what is, what am I, what's happening? It just was a very disorienting thing to me. So anyway. Well, but I mean, the thing is that like that comes from that song very clearly comes from the Rondo Blood soundtrack. Right? Correct. Yeah. Well, bloodlines so, <laughs> too. Or, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like they, they clearly were trying to branch out on yeah. Rondo of Blood and and take advantage of CD audio. And then there whoever decided to make Dracula X for Super Nintendo was like, oh shit, how do we make this sound good on the Super Nintendo? And they managed to, you know, managed to make it sound pretty damn good. Um last night before bed I was going back and forth on I have the soundtrack CDs in that stupidly huge collection of audio CDs they just released. Yeah. I was going back and forth with the songs from Rondo uh, that are also on the Super Nintendo game and just listening to them kind of side by side. I mean, and obviously the audio CD sounds better. Sure. But but I mean, the audio CD also sounds like 1990s MIDI instruments, which is not great sometimes. Um, what do you mean? It's, it's always great. <laughs> How dare you? No, it's not. <laughs> You, you love that chunky electric guitar sound? Ta -ta, ta -ta. <laughs> Who doesn't love that in their video games? Also in but their I car. I actually think the Super Nintendo translates that better and, and does a better job of making that sound a little bit more acceptable than some of the audio they have in Rondo of Blood. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I just... I, I just I can't give a lot of feedback on the music because the only thing I paid attention to was when we were at your house and it was in and out. When I played it at home on my emulator, I just, I, yeah, I know I played it on an emulator, but I turned, I actually took the volume way down. Yeah. It's just because yeah. I didn't want to listen to it. I think it's fine music. I think it just didn't fit. Like I was, to me, I was like, that's not what I would expect at all. I wanted it to be more grim or creepy or scary or whatever, you know, but it was more yeah. like, hey, it's like a dance party, but it's like, you know, dance party. <laughs> the Belmonts are here with their whips. <laughs> so. There's some of that too later, but I mean, the other, the other thing is we've already do started doing it and I, I'll, I'll take full blame for starting with it, but like this game suffers from the fact that it's similar to Rondo of Blood and the, and that Rondo of Blood exists because so many people just look at Rondo of Blood and you know, how much more capable it was at the time and look at this and they're just like oh well obviously rondo of blood is better if rondo of blood didn't exist i don't know that we'd have be having the same conversation because from a from a technical perspective in terms of like what it can do and and how it how it looks and how it sounds it, it's a it's a good game uh, we'll get the gameplay and how we'll get to legacy. Yeah, we'll get to all that stuff yeah, and, and yeah. like our kind of our opinions. But I I understand where you're coming from. Believe me, I really do. I, I and we'll we'll all talk more about that when we get to that point. But yeah, but yeah. So, Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? We have a whole God. We have a lot of stuff about this game. <laughs> yeah, we do. So basically, you got you have unlimited continues and there is a password system. So Mike and I actually when we played, we didn't realize that. 
At the I, end of the level, it shows you the password. I knew there was a password system, but I did not understand that each time you finished a level, that it that thing in the background is showing you your that's password. Your password. Yeah, that yeah. that nine, those nine, like whether it's the axe or the boomerang, it's whatever. Like Castlevania three yeah. and um, and doesn't Super have that too? I I don't remember. I know three did because you had the. the Why do you put me the, on the spot like this? <laughs> Why do you want me to remember yeah, things you never instantly? Do that to me. I don't. Dick. Anyway, no, but it's even in the manual for this game, if you can find it, there's a little spot for your passwords and it has these nine little like sections yeah. like like you could draw in them what your yeah. what your password was. I hope you didn't, though, at this point in your life. Yeah, <laughs> that sure manual can't be. That. Yeah, can't well, can't be a cheap manual. But anyway, who who do you play as in this game? So you're you're, of course, you're Richter. You're a descendant of Simon Belmont from the first Castlevania. Yeah. So. Richter is a renowned vampire exterminator. Mm-hmm. Renowned. And, and, and why why is he out trying to exterminate this vampire, Dracula? So Dracula kidnapped Richter's girlfriend, Annette, who was 17. Yeah. We can get into the whole thing about Richter being 19. Look, this is the 1700s, man. Like, 14-year-olds <laughs> were being sold off to be married. I can't, I can't blame a 19-year-old for dating a 17-year-old in 1761 or whatever year it was. And, uh, <laughs> but Dracula kidnapped Richter's girlfriend. Are Annette. you going to cancel Richter? Is that what you're trying to do? I might. You're canceling him because he, he was 19? Well, Hashtag cancel Belmonts. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Start it up. I'm going to start it. So... Uh, and her younger sister Maria. I didn't get to that. So, so, so uh, tell me about Dracula. What, <laughs> tell me about him. Like in the manual, we talk. They talk about Dracula. What is? What does do. it say about him in there? So, actually, I, I I appreciate that you're letting me read this because you enjoyed it so much. He is the proprietor <laughs> of the evil castle, and origin of all wickedness and the wickedness in the world. Believed to be about eight hundred years old. He's cruel and heartless. He at the same time possesses refinement and grace that would be expected only of nobility. Yeah, so he's like a con artist. Like he's like a slick, handsome con artist, even though he's 800 years old. Yeah, Dracula seems like he's pretty pretty greasy. Greasy. What's the, it's oddly specific, yes. It is. I just like that he's the proprietor of the evil castle. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he doesn't just own it. He also runs it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he has a little, you know, a little B and B business on the side. That's right. Right. <laughs> he manages the evil castle. He's out there interviewing. He's like, "All right, you want to be the boss of one of our levels, Mister? I don't even remember. Like, well, let's say, but Mister Ghost. That's an easy one. All right, Ghost. You want to be the you want to be the captain of level four? Okay. You think you can hold down level four? What's the evilest thing you've ever done? <laughs> and then he'll tell you all about, you know, he'll, crazy, he'll go over his, his evil resume. Yeah, exactly. And then you have to sit there, and he has to decide, like, is this guy evil enough for my, you know? my my organization <laughs> imagine getting fired by dracula that would suck oh so got him the sub weapons in this game jay what are they so they're actually it's kind of cool because they're for the most part they're similar to what was in the original game in the original castlevania so you've got of course the axe and when you throw it it goes on that like half moon trajectory yeah semi-circle um, you've got the boomerang which is the cross boomerang that when you throw it, it goes across the screen. And One of my favorite weapons in the yes, game. Great Unless weapon. there are enemies above me, Same. then I really like the axe. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you've got, of course, the dagger, just like on the original. It's just the dagger. Nobody that likes one's, the dagger. That one's, that one's only if you have no other options. Yes. <laughs> I've died. I have to get a weapon. I got the, the dagger. Okay. You're like, I don't have a secondary. Uh, dagger, That's fine. Right. 
So, yep. and then you've got the holy water, and which. Then, Oh, go ahead. In this game, when you use the holy water, and this was this was something I don't remember if this being the case of a change at this point or if it happened earlier. It used to be when you used one of your sub weapons, it would take one heart. Mm-hmm. But in this game, the holy water takes three. I'd have to confirm it, but I think they did that in Castlevania three. I don't remember in Dracula's Curse. I might have to look into that. Valdor makes a good point. The dagger, best weapon in Ghost and Goblins, worst in Castlevania. It's pretty That's accurate. True. It's That's true. Pretty accurate. All right, and then you so. get the watch, and then and the watch had some different different bits to it because in the watch in like the original castlevania it looks just like it but in it that one it was time. it was just a time stop that's all it did yeah this one like stops time but it does this like yes work circle which we'll get to that in a yeah. minute and then you have the key which isn't really a weapon yeah the key doesn't actually do anything except unlock doors which you need to be able to rescue people and get it yes yeah you so. can use to cause damage though <laughs> you can you yes. can I, I, it's, doesn't he just like kind of like stab with the key? Isn't that essentially what I saw? Yeah. Like, I never yeah, tried, yeah, but it it's in front of himself. Kinda, he just goes, and hits eh, people. Eh. And I guess, I mean, if you're in a pinch, a big key like that could do some damage. Yeah. If I had to weigh my options between the key or the dagger, I'm probably going to go with the key. I'd go dagger. Really? Yeah. Because you, you can throw, throw the it? dagger across and yeah. it's a projectile. Yeah. All right. So I've tried so far to abstain from the comparatives between other games right but it's one of those things that it's hard to when people are like oh you can't compare it against these other things that came before it because that's not fair for these reasons but that's what we always do we compare zelda 2 to zelda 1 and we compare Mm -hmm. castlevania 2 to castlevania 1 that's how they work that's how they these are the compare like how does the progression happen right so you know when i played this game originally when it came out you couldn't like directionally whip anymore Right? Like, the cool part about Castlevania to me was 4. Super Castlevania 4, I should say. You could do the up angle, you straight ahead. You could go directions. straight up, down. You can go yeah. up, straight up. You can go straight down. You could do the thing where you, like, jiggle it around say, in a circle. You just, like, limp wrist it. You just yeah. hold it, and you just hold it, and you could, like, kind of swing it around. This game, you it's like you are, you are very utilitarian. You walk. You cannot run. You cannot glide back and forth or any of that stuff. You must just walk. You can do a backflip, and that's one of the things we'll talk about. But, you, but like your progression is stunted in just walking. You can jump, yep. but good luck if you jump a lot in this game. Okay, and then the whip literally goes straight across. You cannot do it in any direction. No, the only way you can attract attack in any directions is by having a weapon like the axe or something like that that would do that. And then some of the differences in the reasons I think people had challenges with the game were there weren't a lot of things that you could do new like it kind of stripped you of some of those things like being able to run fast or whip directionally but then like the things that they kind of gave you to offset that like if you have a sub weapon and you pick up another sub weapon it drops the other sub weapon and you could pick it up instead yeah, you so could you, still decide which one you stuck. want to go with so we'll use the ghost and we'll use the ghost and goblins you know uh, metaphor or not whatever you want to call it comparison yeah in that game if you have the the dagger or the knife or do you want to call it and you go get the spear you're fucked Yes. That's it. Now you got to hope you can go get the, the knife to spawn again. In this game, if you pick up a, a weapon, unless the screen has changed or there's something happening that re- re- requires you to move very quickly past it, you can decide between the two. It pops out. So it sits there next to you, sometimes right in your damn way. But you, you do get the choice to say, okay, I actually wanted the boomerang and not this dagger. I'll just go pick up the boomerang. You know? Yeah, because in so all of its predecessors, you couldn't do yep, that. Yep. 
If yeah. you no. whipped a candle and a boomer and an axe fell out and you had the boomerang, yep. and you walked into Tough. the axe, too bad. You got the axe now. You wait until you find another boomerang. So you can also jump onto the stairs, which I if you watch any of speed runs for this game, that happens a lot. Yes. It's a lot of jumping on stairs and like which jumping, is nice bouncing. When you're, and it's cool. It's nice when you're playing because on the traditional games, you had to walk up at all the stairs. Yes. One nice thing that I didn't think about that we didn't put on here is that the one thing I, I liked about this was... When you started, died, started, whatever, you had your full whip. It wasn't you like all of the other games yeah. where you got a little leather we, whip. and then talked you, about. you talked about that on Matt and Mark's show, whipping yeah. the candle and the giant whip falls or the cross to, falls out. Yeah, like I'm walking with my leather whip and I whip this uh, torch and then magically there's an accessory that perfectly fits my whip right here. I'm going to add it on. Yeah. You know, like, what are the odds of that? In, in that game, 100%, but everywhere else, very slim. I'd and say in real was, life, it's That was one thing I thought was nice, is you didn't have to build, because that was a big frustration. Even when I went back to play Castlevania 3, where you would get close to a boss, and then all of a sudden you die, and then you're like, oh, great, now i got to find uh, an accessory weapon, and I've got to build my whip up. Yeah. And if you had a, another, another character, because you could pick up the other characters, I'm jumping all over, but then you'd have to build them up, too. Where you don't yeah. have to do any of that. Yep. This one. I, I like well, good it. news in this game. There are no other characters that you play as. Yeah, right. Yeah. In, in three, they usually had those whip, whip extensions, you know, before the boss. So you weren't too screwed if right. you died. You know, they You'd usually throw in the dagger, too, so that you had something. But, you know, it was obviously not optimal. They're throwing I mean, you a bone. I get bone. where you're coming from with uh, Super Castlevania Four. And like, what a huge leap that was compared to Castlevania three. And then it does, yeah, it does feel like you're going backwards in some some regards when you go to Dracula X. But I, I don't know. I almost felt like I don't know if this is looking back on it now or if I felt this way when I first played it. I don't know that it matters, but I, I always felt like. Castlevania 4, while I really like it, it's one of the one of the games that I immediately bought once I started collecting again, complete in box, because I, I just I really like the game in general. I do feel like it's a little bit gimmicky. Like they were they were investing a lot of time in trying to make that game feel like, hey, hey look at what we can do. Yeah. Now now we've got these cool levels and you can whip in any direction and, and then you're going to use the whip to swing like Indiana Jones and, you know, like all this stuff, which was cool and really interesting, but I don't know. It changed the feel of the game. And I sort of appreciated it going back to the more traditional style in some way in Dracula X, even though, you know, it sort of also brought back some of the stuff that I hated about the earlier games. Yeah, I can understand that. So, <sighs> Jay, what are you doing? Tell me about item crashes. So item crashes, basically, that's one of the other, that's one of the cool things they had on this was item crashes. So basically when your like heart he, indicator was translucent, you had a heart indicator up in the upper right hand side of the screen. Right. So when that became translucent, that means you had enough to use the crash. And so what's tell the item, us what an item crash is. Basically it was the, it was like a hidden power of your sub weapon. Sub weapon. So, couple of them that were cool like if you had the boomerang yep for example if you hit x when you had that it would use more than just the typical it would just, one, it wouldn't just throw a boomerang or two yeah boomerangs. he would basically he power up jumps up into the middle of the screen and then the, the there's boomerangs takes over. everywhere yeah, yeah, yeah takes boomerangs over everywhere i will say that 
it did look much cooler in Rondo when the giant cross would come up and down yeah, the screen and all that stuff. It was cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sorry. But it is nice, and that's definitely a great weapon to have with some of the bosses. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, a good I, example would be the bat. On I, this, what was the bat's name? I was fussing with the who cares. Um, I don't know. Dickhead McGee. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Dickhead McGee the bat. That bat was a pain in my ass, but then I found out later, I was like, oh, I see what I'm doing here. Yeah. Like, it, But whatever. It was, but it made it so much easier. You switched, you use one of your item crashes against it, and it's like, okay, it's two hits, and it's done, basically. The uh, the boomerang item crash was really helpful against death in the clock tower, because he spawns those scythes that spin around and, and hit you, and I think they, they like, slow you down, right? If you, oh, if you yeah. get hit by them. Yes. And yes, man, that's that, true. That, that boss is such a pain in the ass and so so having that available to to take care of most of those scythes when because it seemed like it was random so you like sometimes you get like none of them you know in the hundreds of times you played it before you actually beat it um (laughs) because you died so many times but um it seemed like sometimes you'd get none of those and then sometimes i'd have like six of them on screen and it was like what the what the fuck is going on it was so, so weird that uh, that boss to me was the easiest one i would just stand oh, really? on a pedestal i would jump up and hit him he'd swing back and forth if he if those things got close to me you can whip them so i would just whip yeah. it and then i would just wait i i i went through the, i did not get a chance to finish this game just because of timing i even tried when i got home but i literally ran out of time on like stage the end of stage five i had to wrap it up and come down here to actually write notes and stuff but but I, I just remember every time I fought him, which was like I think two or three times, it was the same experience. I just like kind of stood there, was like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. And it never was. And maybe it was just RNG or whatever it was, but it that was like that was the easiest boss I fought the entire game. Oh, that's funny, because I, I had a hard time with that one just because of the scythes kind of being so random and like I said, sometimes yeah. you'd get like just five or six would show up and then they'd all be coming at you. And so having the item crash with the boomerang where it, you know, takes out pretty much everything on screen. That was super helpful. Oh yeah. You know, you know, start uh, over getting past when that happened. Yeah. So the item crash has actually started in Rondo, right? Like that was Mm -hmm. the, and it's kind of been a staple of Castlevania ever since. I, I know it was in this, it was in symphony of the night. It's been in a lot of, Pretty much every, I think, Castlevania game since. I mean, I haven't played all of them, but I know that it's a kind of a, it's a, it's it's a de facto thing that you can use in a lot of those games. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, spoiler alert: there are three endings to this game, okay? There and there are multiple paths. Sometimes you get tricked into going the wrong way. Our friend Robbie, we had that happen to him, mm-hmm. where if you fall on a specific area on those pedestals, you get you, you get, get automatically extra, warped, yeah. but you miss things that you need, and in turn get a bad ending because of the cal- the catacomb warp or whatever it's yeah. in the it's in the speed run notes but there are three endings so spoiler alert and jay why don't you tell us how you wind up with each of those three different endings well and with the different endings of course if you don't rescue any of the girls you get pretty much the worst ending of the three we should probably qualify that it's maria and uh Annette again yeah anyway i'm kidding Go if ahead. you only rescue maria you get a different ending as well Right. And of course, if you rescue both the girls, you get a different. And ending. that is considered the good ending. Yes. Right. Yes. So if you rescue both, then you get the weird Ryu from Street Fighter <laughs> holding Annette and an odd-faced Maria peeking at. I don't know. It it's weird. weird. But just like embarrassed or something. Yeah, maybe she's like. embarrassed. Yeah, strange. Let me ask you this. Mike, I know that you're a fan of the music of the first level, and I'm not saying it's bad. I, I like the music. Does it not sound like a Street Fighter? 
song? Like, it's like, I feel like I should be fighting Guile at that point. Like, I just, <laughs> like, you mentioned Ryu, and I thought to myself, when I was listening to that, I was like, this sounds like Street Fighter music almost. I don't know. Well, there, there, yeah, there's some odd choices, and I think in, in Rondo also, I didn't, so I, I didn't get a chance to play through all of Rondo because it's much longer. Um, I did, I did finish this. But I went. I watched a playthrough of Rondo because I had gotten about halfway through, and, and I, I ran out of time. And um, I think, like, I don't know. There's a lot of cringy stuff now. Looking back on it, and and the music definitely yeah. kind of it's appropriately themed for the cringe. I think. Sure. Um, so so yeah. There's some some odd choices in some of those songs, and I I I can hear what you're talking about, and, and it being more like an appropriate for a fight game fighting game than a, <laughs> than a Castlevania game. It was weird. I just it's something that occurred to me, especially when you said the Ryu thing. I was like, oh, well, you being Jay, but I'm sorry. So all right. We're going to move on to the background and development about this game. I want to hear what you got to say about that, my I'm gonna, friend. I'm going to I'm going to go over this one. So Thank God, I'm going to butcher these names. <laughs> All right. Background and development. This game was developed and published by Konami. Duh. Okay. It's the first thing you see when you turn the game on. Big old white screen, Konami logo. The good days of Konami, not the red logo Konami that nobody likes. Okay. Anyway, uh, the director of this game was uh, Koyuki Yamashita. And that person had also worked as a programmer on Contra, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Snake's Revenge for the Famicom slash NES. They also worked on the art and design for Castlevania Legends and Mystical Ninja starring Goemon for the Game Boy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Famicom and NES. So if you have beef with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES... Talk to Mr. Yamashita, because it sounds like he was involved in a lot of it. <laughs> the producer was um, Kuniaki Kinoshita. And I, I was looking at the list of games that this person had worked on as a developer, producer, or whatever. Man, they worked on a lot of the ESPN, like, Winter X games and, like, all that, like, extreme this or, you know, soccer that. They did a lot of the ESPN games for the Game Boy, Nintendo 64, PS2. They also worked on the Goemon games, like the Mystical Ninja games for Game Boy and Nintendo 64. And they worked on a number of SNES games, Animaniacs, Biker Mice from Mars, Batman Returns, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, and of course, Dracula X. Duh. But a lot more, too. So Mr. Uh, Kinoshita was, was like pretty prevalent. So, yeah. yeah. And then the artist was um, Akihiro Yamada. And they also provided cover art for a number of PC Engine titles in Japan. So, like, Might and Magic 3, Wizardry 1 and 2, Wizardry 3 and 4, and then Front Mission 3 on PlayStation. Front Mission is weird because that's one of the Super Famicom games I run into that Squaresoft published. It was a tactical RPG, but it was also a shooter, and then they made a MMORPG out of it. <laughs> so, that's enough about all that. Jay... Nice. Music and sound. We've already say, discussed I, I some of the stuff. tracks because yes. there are some very well-known tracks in this game. Oh, for sure. Right? You've got the classics. You've got the you've got bloody tears and you know it's it's the hits here, man. The, the hits are all here. <laughs> got bloody tears and you know you. <laughs> it's like when they say like uh, you know uh, I'm trying to think like it's it's uh, like bloody tears and no you know. it's like um. <laughs> It's like Ace of Bases greatest hits featuring the sign and others <laughs> and more, <laughs> you know, like that. There are others. The list goes why, on. Why do you pick the worst bands? 
There's you're, a terrible band. I was trying to think of a terrible band with a terrible hit. You're, you but were, that's you like were in your week. That, you were thinking of that episode of The Simpsons with uh, Baimon Sci-Fi Con, where it's like <laughs> featuring so and so and other and, and more. What is it? Uh, <laughs> right, right. Like when uh, when when Uruguay plays Portugal or whatever. Ariaga, Ariaga two, Galiaga, and Susetsu. <laughs> You're all, I hate all them so much. <laughs> I'll just kill myself if Portugal doesn't win. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, go so on. Yeah, so tree? Bloody, bloody trees and so bloody much more. <laughs> they will be when Mr. Uh, Belmont's done with them. Nice. Mr. Belmont? Yeah. You guys are on a, on a sur- surname. I, I, don't, I don't know him that well. Oh, well, okay. Apparently, so, he's a, a teacher of, of the uh, destruction of Dracula. So, I mean, I, I took his class. Okay. The proprietor of the House of Evil. That's right. The different guy. Yeah. Go on. Um, so there's a whole crew of uh, of composers on this. So uh, the main composers on it were Toyomoto Tomida. Tomoyo Tomida. Yeah. So he basically, of course, did Dracula X, but he had a couple other no, uh, notable things. Uh, Parodius was one, which is a terrible and amazingly great Super Famicom game or Famicom game. Both Parodius for Famicom, oh, yeah, and then there's right. a number of Super Parodius f- yeah. games, talking, chatting, whatever. Yeah. So he did TMNT three, the Manhattan Project. He also was a composer on that. Masanari Iwata, and uh, same thing to Dracula X. He also did Parodius. I just love that game, so I put it on everybody. But uh, one of the other ones notable he had was the Adventures of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. So all of these guys were on a number of the Goemon titles. Guys and so, girls, possibly. I don't yes, know. Yes, guys and girls. So. <laughs> it's hard to say in these uncertain times. And then the next one would be Harumi Ueko. Yes, who did also Parodius. I love that game. So uh, he also did a couple TMNT games. He did Turtles in Time. Uh, also did Tournament Fighters. And uh, he did Gradius 3. <laughs> Boy, especially on the NES Famicom. <laughs> what, a, what a stinker. <laughs> and then the last guy we got. Masahiko Kimura. Good job. Thank you. He did Parodius as well. Yeah, more Parodius. Yes. So Parodii. Parodii. <laughs> Great game. So what else? Uh, one of the other big ones I put down for him was uh, he did DDR uh, for Disney, the DDR Disney port yeah. version, and he also did Sui Coden. Nice. So that was kind of cool. That's a little bit about the music so. and sound. You want to give me some reception, some info on Man. the old reception? Okay. So we know that this is a polarizing game. Okay. And I think that you will see that flesh out in this reception section of the show. I got a feeling okay. that's why Mike picked it. I don't think that's why he picked it. I, I don't think, think. I think that might be one of the, the only reason why. I mean, I think I picked it because it was it lent, lent itself to some some good discussion, perhaps Fair. some heated discussion. We are sometimes lacking. I think sometimes our opinions are very um, conjoined around here. Sometimes so. Last episode, notwithstanding, <laughs> I think generally we are like-minded when it comes to a lot of stuff. So that's why I want other people to pick games, because if I pick something I like, it's always going to be a five. I like this game. Why, you know, why wouldn't it be a five? So that's why I picked Altered Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's... And you gave it a five. Wait, no. All right, a little bit about the reception of this game. This game sold about 90,000 copies for the Super Nintendo. That is the second worst selling Castlevania game in the West. Can you, without looking at the notes, name the name the first worst or the absolute worst selling Castlevania game in the West? Mr. Caramonte. 
I'm sorry. I already looked at the notes, so we're going to have to go to the audience. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to the audience here. Let's see here. Anybody out there still listening? No. It doesn't seem and, like and anybody. To, and to put that into perspective, if you think of a game like Earthbound, right, which supposedly sold poorly, which is why everybody thinks it's worth the price of a reasonably used car these days, I think what the number is like 125,000 copies. Yeah. Earthbound sold. I looked earlier. The 48th best selling game on the Super Nintendo, like we'll say Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, Super Ghouls and Ghosts sold 1 million plus copies. So yeah. that gives you an idea of the disparity between like the top 50 games that sold and this, which sold less than one tenth of that. So, and then to answer our question, I probably should say Bloodline sold 40,000 copies for the uh, Genesis and Mega Drive, whatever. Yeah, you would think, again, I don't, it doesn't have the Nintendo tax, but you would think that game would be way more expensive. If, if Bloodline's only sold less than half as many, it's also about less than half as much. I mean, a loose cart for Bloodlines is like, what, 70 to $80? I mean, geez, this, that yeah. is, that's because nobody cares about the Genesis. I hate to be that way, but they do. It just doesn't have the tax. I do. I bought Jerry Glanville's pigskin football for the love of God. But anyway, in comparison as well, the Super Castlevania for, for SNES sold around a half a million copies. Well, that's because you could whip in different directions. <laughs> it was also very new at the time, I'd say. Yes. It came out right around the launch of the SNES. And I think that's the other part. Did you talk about that? Like when this came out in comparison? No, but I'm going to get to all that. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I think part of the reason this game suffered from a sales perspective is because every review that I read when I was reading video game magazines at that time, all I heard about was how great Rondo was, how great this game was on PC Engine. And I wound up getting a copy, you know, 30 years ago, and it was great. And everybody wanted to compare it against it. And I think it's, you know, it's almost like Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation versus Resident Evil 2 for the Nintendo 64. Like, you can only do so much, right? There's only so much you can put in there and do. You're going to have to strip it out. It can't be as big or have Redbook audio or whatever it is, right? It just it just can't. So, But I think the problem is, and the reason it sold so poorly is, it's a super late release for a platform, and also comparatively the game that everybody perceived it against was much better even if it was import only i knew that yeah. and i was like i'm not buying that because i can tell comparatively it's not as good and at that time you had to make that decision i couldn't spend 60 bucks on both you know what i mean it's like i'm buying is, one or the other but the thing is like at the time i didn't even nobody anybody that had a turbo graphics let alone the turbo graphics with the cd rom accessory right so it was like even if i read a review at the time that was like oh don't waste your time import rondo blood number one where I, and how <laughs> right where because like the internet was not really a thing for me yet so i wasn't going to be able to find anybody who was just like call this number and then you right. know give us your credit card and we'll ship you a copy so, so, so there was that and then also it was like okay so fine whatever that's a better game but like you're comparing it against the thing that pretty much nobody in the u.s has how many people did i even know that had a turbo graphics that could play a super cd-rom you had to have the super cd-rom card and the cd you couldn't have just played it with a stock cd you have to have the upgraded card or a duo like there weren't that many. I was that guy back then. You know, like there weren't yeah. there just weren't that many. I don't I don't know how many people I even knew. My cousin was the only other person I really knew that collected or got into turbo stuff. 
And that's just because yeah. we both did. So your point is a very valid one to say, that's fine. That's fantastic. Maybe the Bugatti drives better than the Honda, but I can't get a Bugatti no, over here. You it's, know? it's like, you know what it is? It's like these, the, the car journalists who are like, oh, well, this BMW is fine, but it's not nearly as good as the Germany only manual version sure. they have. It's like, well, well, who's going to import that to, to get that one? Yeah, fine. It's great. But talk about the thing that we have here right. on its own. If I can't get the other thing, being a kid who had Nintendo power at the time. And I went to look at what issues of Nintendo power they were advertising this in because you know that whole magazine was an advertisement but right. you know I, I loved it and i still do but i was i was like what what issue was that in because i don't even remember seeing it and i went back and it was i clearly remembered having that issue and i remembered seeing some of the other games in there and it was like i don't even remember seeing this so there was also just, I think, a really complete failure to even market it to like the core audience of kids who might actually be interested in buying the game, right? Like the Super Nintendo was already kind of long in the tooth, but, you know, I was still playing it. It's funny you kind of bring all that up. Like I was big into other gaming mags. So I was I was big into next generation because I was a PlayStation nerd and I wanted to know about all this stuff. And I, I bought Game Pro as well. I had a, I'm sure I had a subscription to it at least. I know I, I would get it monthly. And they did the same thing with this game where it was like an afterthought. There was no like full page, like front page, like cover or anything about it. It was very buried to go. And we have a couple of the reviews here, those reviews specifically. And they both came out at the same time in October of 95. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read both of them. And I'll, I'll be brief because I know we're, we're running long here. But So GamePro Magazine, number 75, October 1995. They gave it 2.5 out of 5 in their, in their scoring, right, overall. When you first open up that issue of, of GamePro, the very first thing you see is an advertisement for the game. Like, it's just yeah. a full-page advertisement with, like, the credits of who wrote the, you know, the, the, the editor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it, so I get to like page, I don't remember, 126 or whatever it was of the, of the issue, <laughs> buried. And it's like, it ends with this. It's a shame the 16-bit Castlevania games had to end this way. Where the 8-bit endeavors gracefully ex- exited with the excellent Castlevania III Dracula's Curse, this last hurrah is a muted one. For an awesome alternative version of this title, you may want to check out the import-only PC Engine game. Other than that, it's back to the grave for Castlevania. That's the review that I read... That I was like, yeah, I need to play this other game. Why would I buy this one for 60 or $70 at that point, probably in yeah. 1996, when I can get the other one imported for probably 40 Like I think I got it from Bob Updike or somebody brought it into the shop one day and I was like, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I forgot about Bob Updike. Yeah, but we had an import guy in the area that, that did Neo Geo and PC Engine stuff and all that back in the day. So that also probably helped my cause. But but ultimately, I remember reading this review and being like, I'm, I was working at Funkoland at this exact time when this issue came out. And I read this and thought to myself, I w- why would I play this inferior version of this game when I had the means to play the better one? So that right. probably colored my opinion. And then Next Generation's uh, review was issue 10, October 1995. Uh, do you remember Next Generation Magazine, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so okay. Mm-hmm. This is their review of, of Castlevania Dracula X. Don't everyone jump just yet. What a what a perfect uh, line for this game, by the way. Don't jump just yet, Jay. Mm-hmm. You might get in, run into it by a bat or like a 
Skeleton Dog or something. Okay. This isn't exactly a new Castlevania game. Actually, this is a port of the PC Engine titled Dracula X. Okay, that's not true. It's not a port. It's not fair to say that. Mike, you could describe what a port is better and more eloquently than me if you wanted to. Could you? Would you say that this is a port of P- the PC Engine game? Only loosely. I mean, it's, yeah, they 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 reuse the assets and the music, but uh, you know, they they clearly couldn't do a one for one. Right. So it's not a port. A port is attempting to convert something from one platform to the other in in a very similar fashion. This was saying we can't do that. We're gonna have to modify it heavily, right? You just yep. you just can't. Okay. There are colorful but flat ba- backgrounds, enemies you've seen before, and non-configurable picky controls that combine to try the patience of even the most ardent of Belmont clan devotees. Konami a company generally reliable for at least interesting fare, must simply be hoping to make a quick buck in an otherwise dry Super NES season. There's eight levels of no-frill side-scrolling action here without an original or interesting thought in its wolfbane-stuffed head. Whip fetishists might get a kick out of it, but everyone else should steer clear. One out of five stars. Now, I will say this. Next Generation was trying to be a little edgy, I, what I liked about reviews like this when I was of that age was to say they are not shackled by Nintendo to say this has interesting gameplay mechanics or you something yeah. that you're down you're dancing around the fact that it's not good. They're being very mm-hmm. candid about whether they think it's good or not. And I liked that. Okay. Now yeah. I don't know if it's all totally fair, especially as I play it more recently. I wouldn't say that it's a one out of five. You know, foreshadowing. I don't think it's a one. Okay. But but uh, they make some decent points. But but at the same time, they're also like, hey, it's a port, and that's not necessarily the truth. Although that's how everybody perceived it back in the day. Well, and some of the comments right. they even made in here, it says non-configurable picky controls. It's the same controls that every fucking Castlevania game has. Except the last one they made, and the one that this was based on. That's the problem. I think the problem is, I agree with what you're saying. Well, but even One, two, that, and three, sure. Yeah. There but wasn't four wasn't that way. But again, you had the different whip controls right rondo wasn't that way either no is what i'm saying i yeah. think that's what they're getting at I, i'm not saying i agree yeah. or disagree i'm just saying it's it's a hearkening back to earlier times from a gameplay perspective i just so, when i read this i take this as it's the they're hitting you have to hit the right trigger to use your whip now instead of hitting yeah. x or yeah whatever it just that's seems not. silly you want to say yeah. something mike i'm sorry yeah, no, it's okay. So um, John was asking me what uh, what issue of Nintendo Power it is. It's uh, for those looking. It's issue seventy six, which was a Killer Instinct issue. So what I, what I what I I distinctly remember having this issue, but because of Killer Instinct and because of the emphasis that Nintendo was placing on the time uh, on the Nintendo sixty four. And the fact that Killer Instinct was made by Rare, and it was all this new high-end 3D crap. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember being excited about that. I remember, I remember being really into, they go into some of the technical stuff about how they were porting it to the Super Nintendo just briefly, which yeah. really interested me because even at that age, like that stuff was what I was interested in. The only reason I got into uh, programming was because I wanted to make games. Um, so that was kind of like right up my alley. And then here you um, are making games. Right. So, <laughs> uh, sort of, um, but then, but then that got followed up with immediately Donkey Kong country two in that same 
issue of the magazine, which again, it's talking about kind of the cool special effects, then Doom, then more stuff about the Virtual Boy, which I thought was cool. I remember trying it out at Toys R Us, but just being like, there's no way my mom and dad are getting me this. They're not buying like, Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, no sales pitch that's going to get me yeah, this thing, which yeah, was probably for the best. Kind of a, <laughs> yeah, just kind of a cool thing, whatever. And then you get to it, it's page, you know, 46 in the, in the issue. And it's kind of like, like you were saying, you know, Nintendo power is obviously the, an advertising arm of Nintendo. So they have to say good things about the game, but even their review is kind of like muted. It's like, oh, well, even though Castlevania four had eight way moving, you can, uh, whipping, you can only do left and right here. And it's talking, it's very much like focusing on how it's more similar to the older Castlevania games right. um, and trying to like talk up the good stuff about the game and the story and ignore the, the shortcomings of which there yep. are many. Again, they're shilling. They're trying to sell games. They oh, don't, absolutely. Right. So it makes perfect but, sense. I get what you're saying. But, but the thing that, that, that is remarkable to me is about like, they really must have, they were really trying hard, but totally <laughs> failed because I don't remember ever seeing that article. It was, it was just like an afterthought. It wasn't something that was prominent, like, hey, this is the Castlevania Dracula X issue or anything right. like that. Like, right. yeah. So I know I yeah. totally get and it. And then it was immediately followed by Chrono Trigger. <laughs> they were going through some of that stuff in that issue. And I was like, oh, yeah, Chrono Trigger. I definitely looked at this. And looking so. back, both games just as revered, right? I mean, <laughs> when it's one, they're almost in the same order it's Castlevania, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I mean, like they're both S tier. No, okay. Yeah, and then, so, oh, and then I missed this. There's Ogre Battle, and I definitely remember reading about this and being like, "Damn, I really want this game. I can't find this anywhere." Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to move into our LGN game ratings. Let's give John Let's a do call. It. Hey, what's up? Nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> John's. Good lord. <laughs> Captain Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> Mr. John Young, everybody. The KC masterpiece himself. Mr. Fammy Box himself. <laughs> hey, who's in charge of the music for John? You. You don't let me touch this thing. All I know is the composer of Mag Max is talking to his lawyer about suing you guys for royalties because this is the most play that song's gotten oh. in decades. <laughs> I got I mean, bad news for him on the royalties front. We've yeah, we've I was gonna say, first of all, <laughs> royalties implies that we make any money, which we don't. <laughs> so oh. they can have a hundred percent of the proceeds of the money that we've made from this show. It's all theirs. Uh, number two, you are absolutely correct. I'm sure you're right. So, uh, Mr. Young, how are you? You are joined uh, by myself and Jay, as always, and then uh, Michael Chiaramonte, as you may know, as Clearvis on Instagram and the Collector's Quest Discord. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, I, if I vaguely remember you speak Polish, we could just turn this into a Polish podcast. Oh, yeah. That, I don't. That'd be interesting, although my Polish is a little rusty. So oh, my, my pronunciation's horrible, so anyway, <laughs> no. I go down the road. It's a good thing uh, both no, these I'm... things have mute buttons. 
Go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing great. Do you want me to start off with my pickups? Because I got some. some of course. How are you? About. What have you purchased? And then give me a rating of the game and then get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, uh, so, as I said, I'm doing great. Tell so us about your biggest big, pickup recently. My biggest pickup? Oh, you must be talking about number munchers. Sealed. Pretty exciting. Uh, me and Joan Bone, a couple of math dorks. Yes, number oh, munchers God. is what I was talking about. The classic yeah, yeah, exactly. that all kids love. You're talking about the uh, the extra set of uh, Famicom box keys that I picked up. I'm now a two set of keys man with the 339. So exciting about that. And what is it called yeah. again? A what? Famicom box, all one word. Oh, I see. Uh, you can you can drop the com if you if you really know about it. Yeah, if you know what you're talking about, it's just a Fami box. Oh, and then I, I also purchased mm. probably the biggest thing that I've ever had to spend. Well, I know the, the most I've ever spent money on a house. So, congratulations! Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City uh, a lot more expensive than Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's but hey, when you're Captain so. Chicken and Waffles, you can afford it. The KC masterpiece <laughs> himself. It's not KC masterpiece anymore. He's got promoted Chicken and Waffles. Captain. How do you chicken how do you get promoted past masterpiece? Uh, to Captain Chicken and Waffles. Thank you very much. Mm. Maple syrup, chicken, I, waffles, butter, ice cream. Maybe nothing wrong uh, with it. Is a captain higher than a chief because it's master chief and then captain waffles? Master chief is trash compared to captain chicken and waffles. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so moving I on, like, you bought I a like house. This episode's off the rails. Mike, you're not getting any sleep. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, other other I random thing. I did pick up. I, I just grabbed all my extra Famicom stuff and uh, cleaning a couple of games. I just went through uh, about 230 Super Mario Brothers ones. And, uh, all right, guys, Mike left. Uh, we can do whatever up. we want now. Nice. Open them all uh, up. Finally. And, uh, the earliest ship date that I found was 1985, the 35th week. So, like, late August, early September. So, pretty exciting. Yeah, that was a lot um, of... Uh, That was a lot of the Mario Karts to go through. Uh, no, yeah, well, uh, cartridges, not Mario Karts. I should have been more specific. Sorry. There was um, a whole lot of Mario Family Box Karts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a box, and you put Famicom in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. So, Dracula X. I felt bad for a long time for not owning this one. And as the price has gone up, I'm like, I'm not spending this much. And uh, since you guys forced me to play it, I, uh, I'm kind of happy I don't own a copy. <laughs> uh, I, so to a certain extent, I enjoyed it more when it was uh, when it came out. Because uh, I was more of an Nintendo Power kid, so I didn't have like the reality that there's a import that's better. And uh, I, I feel like... Castlevania 4 was essentially a demo of the Super Nintendo's capabilities. You can mm-hmm. multi-directional a little bit more, look at how much better the controls are. A tech I demo. Like direct- oh, yeah, I, mean, uh, I mean, that was Jay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, it wasn't as much as tech demo. demo. It wasn't like Uncharted for, you know, PlayStation 3. But... I feel like Dracula X was more of a let's show off that we can try to fit this TurboGrafx game onto a Super Nintendo. And they didn't care so much about those controls. Because... Obviously. Uh, not, yeah, not being able to whip in the different directions 
And then some of that platforming, that honestly, since this is around the time that PlayStation came out, that like, hey, look, we're going to make you jump to the very edge of something to another very edge of something. And if you're not exactly pixel perfect, you're going to fall. And also with Dracula X, that last battle with Dracula, spoilers, nobody wants to jump around on a bunch of pillars and potentially fall. I get it kind of, you know, get your blood pumping a little bit, but <laughs> that not the best final battle. So anyway. There are aspects of Dracula X that I like. It reminds me a little bit of, oh, what's that Mickey game? Fantasia? No, no, no. Castle of Illusions? No, it's Magical Quest. Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse? Yeah. It's got a little bit of that aesthetic. Honestly, I don't know if it's because it's got X in the title, but it reminds me a little bit like the level layout of Mega Man X. And it definitely has that Castlevania feel. So I definitely kind of understand why people like it, but it just, it's too much of a step back and too much of like a visual demo for me. Okay. First level graphics amazing. I don't know why they call it Burning Town. It seems like it's either pre- like a premonition name of what it's going to happen while you're in the level or it's, you know. How do they uh, know? Just ironic. Yeah, exactly. How they know. But then there's other levels where the graphics didn't look as nice, so it seemed like it mm-hmm. hadn't been quite finished. Like they tried to pack too much in. Like that one, on. and there's that one level that's super drab. Like it's like almost monotone gray. I can't think yeah. of which one it is. Like four or five. I don't remember. Like I played them a few times. It's just like so unfinished. Like you said, like okay, the, like the other ones are so detailed. Like you got the wavy fire, the heat, you know, the, the heat radiating in the background and all this stuff. And the other ones have these giant gears, like three or whatever. And then there's that one where it's just like, yeah, we we have a gray color palette for this level well, and that's it. And this is, this is in it's that like generation quake. of like... <laughs> Look like a quake yeah. level. <laughs> uh, this is in that generation like Vector Man for the Genesis where it's like, we just care about you seeing the first level and thinking it's awesome and then going out and buying it. And then like the back end, it's not going to be that great. Yeah. Um, so I think um, some of that, sorry, John, I think some of that is because of, because of Rondo of blood, like Rondo of blood, most of the backgrounds I found were pretty basic. So you're saying Rondo of blood, more basic backgrounds. Let's let's discount the first level because I I agree that it's kind of like the sizzle, right? It's like they Mm -hmm. wanted people to see that and be like, whoa, this game is amazing. I felt like most of the rest of the levels, like like what Mike was saying and what you were saying, they're they're kind of basic and boring looking almost in some cases, but they're very similar to what the levels look like in Rondo. And that's uh, that makes sense. I didn't really, I still not even played Rondo. So I can say that some of the level design is really good, but then I felt like the Medusa heads get annoying after a while. The bats get mm-hmm. annoying. Honestly, I feel like uh, the Ninja Gaiden games are better in that kind of like dodge the bird situation. So I feel like if you're going to try to like use that same gimmick. You need to at least do it as well or kind of build on it. But yeah, I mean, I don't need uh, atmosphere, except for it's a Castlevania game. It's about atmosphere. It's like Metroid, right? And I feel like maybe not TurboGrafx-16, but more like Sega Genesis or any like the CD-based games early on, there's times where they tried to incorporate some of that visual and didn't quite, like there would be like afterthought 2D image and then like the cool like gimmick of the time graphic. But... Mm-hmm. 
um, the level that I'm thinking of was, I think it was like, like wooden hallways and then like some cement, like yeah. dividers. Mm-hmm. You had to go mm-hmm. down. That was the one that had like the, well, they used to call it the pork chop, but the meat on the bone, like the health, right? Yeah. You could continually mm-hmm. go down and get it, but you'd have to come back up and go back around. And if you fell down, you have to go, you know, like, but yeah, the, it was like that brown, like everything was brown, except for the, the, the concrete walls were this weird, thick gray. Like it just looked like we need to define that these rooms are divided, you know, kind of thing. Like it was right. very like and, contrast on purpose. And uh, Comic Zone did that so much better with the page split. Uh, fun fact, that pork chop filled with peanuts. It's all peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> God damn you, Zelda. <laughs> Always haunting no, no. us with their peanut bags. Did uh, did Edward Collin tell you that? Maybe. Anyway, and so I, I feel like I am being a little too harsh on the game, and maybe it's just because like I wanted it to be so much more, especially after that first level and kind of the build up. Um, and maybe that is where the Rondo like hurt a lot of other people's expectations. But when I think of like Super Metroid, it's all mood, and they kept you in that mood, and they made things interesting. They leave you know like spoilers, the glass tunnel like cracking was late enough in the game where like you discover something new as you're in it to kind of pull you in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the fact that it's in the same Nintendo power as Chrono Trigger, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to spend that kind of money, think about it. I mean, it's, and the other end of it too is at that time, if it is 60 bucks for a game, you know, you're thinking about buying the Nintendo 64. You're thinking about buying a PlayStation you're looking at the games that are coming out, the new like flash of you know 3D games. Are you going to spend sixty bucks on like a system, a type of platformer, quote unquote, that you don't like that you've kind of got burnt out on, like the old gimmick? Like nobody's nostalgic for like sixteen bit like Metroidvanias, I guess. Sure. Um, so that's kind of. Like I could see why maybe it wasn't doing as well at that point, why it was easy to kind of trash on it from a non-Nintendo power perspective. But my score, three, and that's because there's some really good level design. There's some cool graphics. I hate that they took away, like, it's just one character. I mean, Rondo had at least one other character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Rondo, so, you could play as, what uh, is the younger You could play girls? as Maria. Maria, yes. Okay. So um, it just seems like they limited so much. They took away the special weapon stuff um, or like the dangling of the whip. I mean, come on. That was the coolest part of yep. Castlevania 4. It's, it's a good game. And I'm sure there's people out there that are like, this is an amazing game. It's the best game ever. For me, it was like there's better Castlevania games. I, I would take a step back and even say like I'd rather play like Holy Diver on the Famicom just so that I can kind of go there. But I disagree on the music, though. I love the music. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like Konami, especially with the Castlevania games, has been killing it for, you know, years. Uh, maybe it is kind of jazzy a little bit, but I was it. feels it. like, I just feel like it's like this, like, funky slap bass. Like, I just, I couldn't get past it. I was like, it's, I just felt like I, like, I literally legitimately felt like in that first level, and I know we keep talking about it, I felt like I was going <laughs> to fight Guile. Like, I'm like, okay, this is the Guile theme okay. music, you, you know? Do you mean, like, maybe, like, RBI Baseball? No, not at all. Not like, as funky as that guy, huh? That guy is he way getting, He was getting after it. That was appropriately funky. Oh, well. Anyway, no, it was fine. So, 3.0. No, the, yeah, 3.0. And uh, I would say I like the RBI Baseball music better. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Yeah, that's my energy for today. Hey, John, don't you have one other thing you want to plug that's coming up in 10 oh, days? Yeah. Oh, so uh, you're all going to be in the Kansas City area. I'm sure of it. Uh, clear this. I got extra room on my table if you're interested. We have the uh, Casey Retro swap. It's going to be pretty big, supposedly. Got a much larger space. Kansas City is not nearly as tapped as like the rest of like Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, at least from my experience. So people bring good stuff. I'm going to bring about 1,200 Famicom games. Bring much? Sure I'll see. Well, hey, man. If you want to bring a couple hundred Super Famicom games, you're welcome to. I might have to ship you a couple hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to tabling. It's been since May, and uh, I've been buying stuff, and I've not been getting rid of it. And I just spent all my money on a house. So, you know, somebody buy my games. <laughs> somebody buy it. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, I'm dying. I need to eat. <laughs> oh, Gil. Oh, they're up on you. <laughs> Close the deal, Gil. Close the deal. These Clicos will rust up on you like that. <laughs> anyway. All right, sir. All right. Well, with that, yeah. I feel uh, we should probably uh, appro- bring the music in at the appropriate time <laughs> oh, this time. Play me off. All right. Yeah, yeah that's well. right. We're playing you off. All right. well, <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. See you guys. All right. Yeah. Later. Bye. See ya. Bye, John. I hung up this time. Didn't let him float. Oh, you know what? We didn't... Uh... Mr. John Young, the KC masterpiece. Have you told John what you're what you retitled him as in your phone? No. Just take a screenshot of that and text it to him. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. You should. That's it's why good. you couldn't find him. That is exactly yes. why. Because I changed his name to KC Masterpiece. <laughs> it says KC Masterpiece. What a great nickname. And now that he's bought the house, it'll probably stick for a little while. <laughs> Get it? It'll stick. <laughs> barbecue Get sauce. It. Yeah. Sticks to your ribs. Guess what time it is. How do you like your ribs? <laughs> Sticky, I guess. I don't really know where you're going with that. <laughs> it doesn't barbecue really... sauce flavored. Yeah, I want them smoked. Flavored. All right, we got to call go for, for some all dressed chips. <laughs> dressed all over in zesty Morton. Yep. All right, let's call our friend Robert. You got this, you want me to get this cute? I got this one ready to go. Hello. And now, with the perfectly timed theme music, and no stumbling or errors whatsoever, it's time to introduce Mr. 8-Bit Supremacy, Robbie Coleman. Everybody. I'm bad! That was so much better than what we did for John. Poor John deserved better than we call him, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Oh, scrambling to find the sound clip." That was uh, that was amateur hour, man. <laughs> anyway, Robbie, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Good, um, good. Pop quiz: Who is uh, Gil from The Simpsons based on? Boy, Gil from The Simpsons. Who is he based on? I don't know. I've never thought about that. I don't know. Are I would. You being, are you being, oh, you're being sarcastic. Or you no, he's being. No, serious. I don't know. I really don't. I've never thought about it. It's Jack Lemmon and the character he plays in Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, see, I was. I had to assume it was either a character from Glengarry Glen Ross or used cars. But I, I was. All I could think of was Alec Baldwin from that movie. Right. Like I, all I can think of. And I'm uh, when he talking when he did no dialogue about his brass balls. Yep. It makes <laughs> perfect sense. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, 
I just wanted to grill you right off the bat. I deserved that. How how are yeah, you, sir? Yeah, how you like, been? I'm I'm all right, man. I um as you know, because I popped up on the sister podcast you're now on, um, <laughs> Maddie Ice Show. You called me up. Yeah, on. We, we called them. I, I was laying in bed because I had so sick with COVID for the second time, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll jump on this show too." And you called me. Why the hell not? There was nothing else going on. <laughs> Literally nothing. Yeah. You were playing supercars again. I saw. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, nobody would. No, nobody would no. do that. I wouldn't think of Race America. Race America, an equally bad. Racing I would game, never accuse you of playing Race America again. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> no, I actually played a good game when I was laying around, isol- uh, quarantining. I uh, played through Journey to Journey to Silius again. Oh yes, a classic, fantastic game indeed. I did uh, did a lot of rearranging my collection because I was bored and I've just kind of been also trimming the fat on some of my stuff too, which led to a horrible afternoon of me playing through every Color Dreams and or Bunch <laughs> or American Video NES on licensed cartridge. What a poor and decision. That looks like a very oh, unpleasant dude, was, time. Yeah, I, that's why I did it. I was like, it'll make me hate some of these so I can actually sell them off. <laughs> so I was driving back today from the east coast of the state and I got a notification on my phone that said, are you still interested? Buy it now for $3,999.99. Peekaboo <laughs> Poker NES Authentic Box and Cartridge Panesian Rare Game. And I thought, was I was I originally interested? <laughs> I remembered what was going on. I was like, looked, I was like, oh right, I see what's happening. I was gonna say yeah, you're, you're one of my you're one of my many shill watchers. The shill, I like to call that's right, I'm a shill watcher of his auction to try and promote it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Mike. Anyone, anyone out there listening and wants to buy that? Nobody's out there listening. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, Mike, Mike, uh, jump on eBay and watch his uh, four thousand dollar Peekaboo Poker Panesian complete in box. <laughs> okay. Just, just, just I'll, I'll, no, I'll do that. And then, and then you turn down every order with, I know what I have. <laughs> yeah. We'll make you, I was going to make you some offer, and then I thought, he might take it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, very good. So you played, uh, you played all the Color Dream games. That was a huge mistake. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Boy. Um, Not a lot of bangers. You, <laughs> no. Yeah, you haven't really lived until you played a. A good solid twenty minutes of Moon Ranger on the <laughs> or Tag and Dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another winner. Pest Terminator. There's so many good things that happen in Tag and Dragon. You know, like there are so many dragons, right? There's, there's none. Yeah. What's the other one? Percodius or per, per, uh, uh, Peraticus per, Conflict? Yeah, the Peraticus Conflict. That's it. Oh, uh, garbage. Yes. That, that one went in the cell. That one went in the cell pile. Like instantly, I was like, this is unplayable. Yet the one that I want, you're not selling. <laughs> Which one's that? Master Chew. Oh yeah, I'm keeping that one. You got a kid. Nobody wants to sell it anymore, so that's it's, fine. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, I put him in. My, my criteria was like, if it's funny and makes me laugh and it entertains me somewhat, because it's like so bad, yes. funny. You know, then yeah, sure, I'll keep it. That's so. yeah. That's why we collect terrible VHS movies. It's the yeah, same. Pro- exactly. It's the same premise. It, it translates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, okay. But I came to the conclusion that I like all the Comerica games. Like, like all of them, they have like a cool. They had a good vibe to them, even though they're weird and the, the sound chip's like very Euro, but uh, yeah, those are all good. And all the Tengen ones, obviously, I'm keeping, but that wasn't part of my terrible afternoon because I knew Tengen no. games were all good, so those are, those are staying no matter what. Yep. Anyway, I'm here to talk about Color Dreams because 
Man, we, we want to do, <laughs> do an episode about that. That would suck. No you think one. nobody listens now? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, what else has been going on? Not much, man. Um, you beat Dracula X? I did. I played the game because I had some downtime uh, because of the COVID thing. And I, I actually don't have my own personal Super Nintendo at my at where I live in my apartment. I, I keep it at my lady's place on the other side of town because she likes Super Nintendo. So I'm like, yeah, let's keep it over there and all my games over there. So, hey, I have extra storage off site. And uh, she likes to play it sometimes. So it, it's nice to have there. We can both play games together. But uh, so I didn't have my Super Nintendo on me. So I had to go get the cartridge from there and bring it back to my own house. And then I had to like hook up the Super Nintendo that I just had in my cell pile. And all I had around my entire house, I realized, was a fucking RF unit. So I played through the entirety of Dracula X on uh, a Super Nintendo with RF, which I don't think as I it was intended to be played. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. As I the don't, developers I, intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've played any system ever on RF in like two decades. So it's just funny. I was like, well, this is what I'm stuck with, but I have to play through this before the, the podcast happens. So I guess I'm doing it. So with that being said, I was like playing the game, kind of. I was like like you're talking about certain levels being drab and I was like, is this the fucking RF talking here? Or is this like, (laughs) I honestly was having those thoughts. I was like, is this like, I gotta go buy an AV cable because I'm, I'm going to give this game like a poor, poor review because it's like looking weird or something. But I think it was just how it was made. Cause I was like, cause then like when I cycled to the title screen, like the blacks were black. I was like, okay, that's how that the blacks should look in this game. And then, but then that this one level just had a lot of gray tone and i was like is that supposed to be fucking black i don't understand what's going on here and then, it, it's funny yeah, like the tv right over my guess. shoulder the tv right over my shoulder here runs through rf i split it off because i've got another tv off to the side that you can't see that has a little pvm so i can see in, in case for the game locks up for i just want to make sure it's working really oh, i just thought you did it because so we could watch it too. i wanted you to be able to see the intro to dracula x five thousand times yes that's exactly why but but it's uh it actually looks pretty good like RF itself like I'm always shocked at how good it actually looks comparatively like in my head I'm like oh it's just this blurry mess and then I go see it and I'm like it's really not that bad and to your point it was not the RF that was causing the colors to be drab it, it was absolutely the game in this case no but that, I mean that's just a funny coincidence because you guys are bringing up the the you know the drab graphics and whatnot yeah. but when I, when I, that was a thought that I had playing it that I was gonna bring up I was like. I don't know if it's just my RF thing or what, but I guess it, now I'm, it's confirmed by y'all that it was not that. It's just how the game looks. But I wasn't like upset by it. I just it was one of those things because like I don't know. I haven't touched an RF unit in years, so yeah, that's the thought, the thought I had. So I played through the whole game. I think it's fine, Castlevania game. I'm gonna be the guy going to bat for it here. How odd? Yeah, weird because <laughs> I. I played lots of video games, and I just think that this game fits in the Castlevania universe fine. The only reason people shit on it is because it's a fucking extremely hard act to follow uh, if you're trying to follow Super Castlevania 4. That game's a masterpiece. Top five Super Nintendo game for me. The mood, as John was just talking about, the mood of Super Metroid and whatnot, the mood is like beyond immersive in that game. And it has like the mode 7... You get the fucking phenomenal soundtrack. You have the sound effects are just creaking and cracking everywhere on certain levels. And, you know, it, it's, I don't think you're in a haunted house at all times. We can all agree that that's a certified classic. You know, it's a revered game. Dracula X, 
had that game not existed, no one would be shitting on Dracula X as much. That's how I feel about it. Like, Dracula X is fine. It just has the clunkier controls because it went back to the NES style uh, with, you know, the jump and whip thing. You can't do the whips in all the directions. That didn't bother me at all. I don't care at all because I just played through it as, as I normally would. And the the final pixel jump to clear a gap, to another, that doesn't bother me at all either. That just is but, a difficulty factor that you need to get over if you play platformers. I don't if, know. if the Giants and 49ers didn't exist, then the Bills would have four Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I initially I initially I thought to make an analogy to like Contra Force, but then I immediately was like, no, 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 that can't That's just not that. even the same. Like, no, that's because, not because yeah. I was gonna make the analogy like, well, Super C and Contra didn't exist and people love Contra they wouldn't. No, like, nobody nobody would no they wouldn't. They wouldn't you're right. You're you're right not to use that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I almost went for that and I was like, that's gonna make uh, that's, gonna, that's, just, that's not gonna make a good case. No, that's not that's not gonna resonate with that's, the people. That's, that's something that's something Gil would uh, close the deal. Know. That's exactly what I was say. Close the deal, Robbie. <laughs> close the deal. <laughs> anyway. So my history of Dracula X literally is a week ago. Because like I attained the cartridge like I happened to stay like over last winter yeah. um, for my local uh, exchange store. I just beefed up some store credit, picked it up. Fucking expensive game. I can't remember what the hell is tagged at. It's almost almost three hundred dollars. Oh, we'll get yeah, we'll get to that. Like, <laughs> didn't matter because I just had a shitload of store credit and I'm just like guilt free. Burn, burn that. Buy the game. <laughs> burn. But uh, get all those I, copies of Altered Beast out of here. <laughs> I only need no one. Way, man. Oh man. That, that is the Sega Master System version. <laughs> Go ahead. I played Rondo of Blood on my girlfriend's Nintendo Wii like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. It was yep. in the Wii virtual shop. And I was like, oh, what's this fucking game? I never heard of it. And I was like, oh, it's the fucking PC Engine game that people talked about forever that no one owned or played because we were living in the West. And no one had a, no one I knew. Like like Clear of Us is saying, no one, no one had a PC Engine. I didn't know anybody. Uh, no normal person had anything. that stuff. No one. I didn't. I mean, I had a dude down the street who owned a second master system, and I thought that was fucking insane. <laughs> he was a weirdo. <laughs> he was the weirdo because he had the fucking Sega Master System. Everybody else just had an NES, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo. That's and then me and my friend next door neighbor Nick were the weirdos who bought the 32X. And uh, but that's about it. Like that's as far as it went. New uh, kid who had a Saturn. <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> that's as far as it goes. That was, that was the, the end of my gaming, as we, as we know it. No, but. I played Rondo of Blood, and I, I kind of recall it. I mean, this was like 10 years ago when I played through it. It was pretty awesome, from what I remember. This game felt nothing like that at it, all. It doesn't. It doesn't. No. To me, it doesn't at I, all. I, I but was that's... thinking that if I played, I was thinking if I played through it yeah, this past week, that I would like jog a memory. Because, you know, you, just, you don't touch a game for like 20 yep. years. Sometimes you pick it up, and you're like, oh, I remember all this shit. It's like riding a bike. But, like, I played Dracula X, and I was like, huh. I, I, I recognized some tidbits. I remember there was one level that was annoying the shit out of me. I was like, hey, I remember being annoyed by this fucking level. The uh, the music, you were you were saying it sounds all funky, like a, like gooseneck bass lines and stuff like that, you know? Uh, it's all right. It, it kind of reminds me of like the final fight on the Sega CD. It has all these like funky bass lines and stuff like that. And it's like, I guess they were going for that CD red book audio thing, yeah. but like transferred to like cartridge. As so. best as possible. Yeah, I didn't have a, problem, a giant problem with the music, but it pales in comparison to the phenomenal soundtrack that is Super Castlevania 4. No, so, I, I agree. Overall, it's still a good game to me. I don't hate on it too much. I bought it because 
it was just on the old list of games to buy and I'm obsessed with and I needed to buy it. But like, would I recommend someone going to buy that, spend the $300 on it or whatever, who like not a psycho collector who just wants to play fun games? Probably not. I'd say just get the other one that everybody knows and loves. It's like 20 bucks or whatever the fuck it is now. Let me ask you this. Sure. And this, this goes to Jay and, and Mike as well. Let's say in theory, this is a $300 game loose. And let's mm-hmm. say in theory that Super Castlevania Complete is $300. Which would you buy? That's a tough question, man. I know. Because I'm, a, I'm not a box guy for Super Nintendo. Yep. So I, I, know. I don't care about that stuff. But I'd still probably do that because if I wanted box games, like I've always thought about, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if, if a box Super Metroid fell in my lap, I would keep it. Because there's like a few games where I'm like, yeah, the top five or whatever. Yeah. That and that falls in that top it's five for me. It's curiosity. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just something that yeah. popped in my head as we were talking. You know. Yeah, you I, know. I'm, I'm, this reminds me of how stupid I was because what two once a long time ago, my friend and I went to a yard sale together and we found a treasure trove of a treasure trove, like a whole Rubbermaid bin of boxed NES, Super Nintendo, this and that. It was a wild, wild find, and we like paid the guy a pretty good amount of money. He's like an old flea market seller who got out, but had like a stash still. Wild coincidence. He had a Super Castlevania four in there that was like mint. And, um, you know, I was with my buddy, so we were divvying stuff up, and I grabbed the Super Castlevania four, and I grabbed NES games I wanted. And I got home with it, and I had all my stuff, and then my friend was, like, dying for that Super Castlevania four, and I was like, dude, you can have it. Like, fuck boxes. Don't care. All yours. <laughs> you, you can. I'll just take the card out. You can take everything else. And, like, I did that for him. And he still has it, and he appreciates it greatly. But I go over to his house, and I'm always like, I should fucking give that to you. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I need that back. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, but you did. And I'm like, I did. And it's yours. But like, yeah. it was a giant mistake. Because it's like, I found a mint copy of that completed box with the baggie. It's not very common to find in good condition. I'll say that. Well, but that's man, usually what happens with fucking, good games. That's what happens. But at the yard sale, I was like, man, that would be yeah. cool. The guy I found, it. I found it organically and then you just go buy it. And now it's like unattainable probably. Well, like you said, it's like 300, right? It, it might be less than that. We'll talk about that maybe in a few weeks. John says that he would buy a Super Castlevania 4 all day, not that we asked him. And then, Mike, you had something to say. <laughs> I mean, so there. the thing is, there are some people who, um, like even in the Collector's Quest Discord, they they just, you know, they don't give a shit about boxes, right? So they're happy with just having the cartridge. They don't care about the box. They don't care about the manual. I think for for someone who is like that, you just get both, right? If you're if you're talking about spending three hundred dollars on Dracula X, and then it's like whatever twenty bucks, thirty bucks yeah. for for Castlevania Four, you just get both, right? Because they're both right. different games. They're both good. I think that unless you really care about the boxed game, it's kind of a cu- tough one. I'd actually probably recommend more Castlevania Four. Just because I think it appeals to more people, just in general. Yeah, I don't know. Now, just... after you, now, after you saying that, I'm like reassessing my answer. Like, I would just get the loose cartridge if I was forced to at gunpoint because of uh, Dracula X. Because I'm kind of a completionist guy. Where like, well, if I like this universe of games, I want like every installment of it. Yeah, that's right. kind of high. I'm like, I'll just get that, and that, that's fine with me. But I realize not everybody's like that. So if you had to choose for the the better game, then go for the cheaper, better one. That's the obvious. So yeah. let, me, the, let me ask you this. If you were to score yeah. this game on a f- zero to five, 
in point five increments. Where would you, where would this four. land? It's a four. It's a four. That is exactly what Jay thought you would say. Really? Yep, it is. I got you and John both right on the money. Damn, dude. You you know me too well, even we're, though we're bonding. Um, I think that's it, man. I don't really have anything else to add except for I'll leave you with a little small closing antidote. I said antidote, antidote. <laughs> the uh, antidote. <laughs> the antidote to this episode. My, I was talking to my lady that day, and we were like, trying to make plans for a week, and I was like, I told her about how I have to do the podcast tonight. She's like, oh, yeah, you got to go be a bad guy on there. And I was like, what? A bad guy? She's like, yeah, like that game you like. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you mean fucking bad dudes? She's like, oh, yeah, bad dudes. I was like, God, it's like a mom, it's like a mom, it's like a mom moment. Like, yeah, go have your... Go hang out with your bad guys there. Go hang out oh, with your called, friends and your bad guys. Mom, it's called bad dudes, man. <laughs> it's bad dudes because they are bad. They rescue the president. They defeat ninjas. I yep, that's very nice. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, that, that I'll leave you on that note. That's excellent. Well, I appreciate you uh talking and uh and calling in, sir. Or I guess being answering the phone when I called is probably the better way to put it. Yeah. So are you, right. a, are you a bad, are you a bad enough guy to uh, call me for the next <laughs> podcast episode? Are you a bad enough buddy <laughs> to? I think he's a bad enough fella. I'm not a. I'm I'm not your uh, buddy guy. <laughs> I'm not your bad enough guy, fella. All, All right. right. Well, very good. Right. With bye that. Bye, bye Robbie. You know. The one and only. Eight bit supremacy, Robbie Coleman who has officially hung up on checking my phone going forward. Because sometimes you want to make sure there are no bad dudes on the phone. I'm bad! I was waiting for John to chime in again. <laughs> yeah, it just pops up out of nowhere. Somehow he called my phone and answered it for me as well. All right. So, Mr. Kiramante, you chose this game. We're here because of you. Tell me what your thoughts are on this game. Give me your rating on this game. All right. So like I mentioned before we started the episode, when we were getting ready. I didn't even really know this game existed until I started collecting a little bit more in depth. And I was just like, how did I not know about this game? And I started playing it. I really liked it. You know, for the, for the podcast, I actually played through and I beat it. I also played through some of Rondo Blood um, because it's inevitable that you look up information about this game and everybody is constantly shitting on this game, talking about what a better game Rondo of Blood is. I mean, even when I posted that picture of the game in Collector's Quest, uh, the Fleo immediately was like, oh, that's great if you want an inferior copy of Rondo of Blood. I was like, all right, I get it. I think we've talked a lot about it back and forth. And really what it comes down to me is I think as a standalone game, if you're not comparing it to Rondo of Blood, I feel like Konami was basically like hardly anybody, anybody played Rondo of Blood. We can't really port this. doesn't make sense to port it over to the North American market because nobody has turbo graphics. So what's our next best option for getting this game out there? And they were like, well, tons of people have super Nintendo. So let's, Let's do something with this on Super Nintendo. And and they and that's what they did. Obviously, it was difficult because you don't have the ability to do the CD audio or the cutscenes or the voice acting, which the English voice acting in Rondo Blood is horrifically bad. 
at least in whatever version I was playing. Probably the PSP port. Yeah. Hey, they like, they did a port oh my of God, it. It's yeah. So bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, and and I think that you know, like other than the first level, like we were talking about, I think there, there's a lot of level art and stuff that they pulled over from PC Engine that looks similar and is therefore similarly kind of basic. The level design is different and better on the PC Engine, I think, but the the graphics, because it's the TurboGrafx-16, are not as capable of what the Super, Super Nintendo was able to do. Right. All of that to say, I think as a Super Nintendo game, Dracula X by itself is a good game. I don't think it's a great game. I think it's a good game. I think the controls are really frustrating. The knockback is as bad as it's ever been. There are a lot of just simply fuck you moments, I think, where the designers were like, well, this part of the game is too easy. Throw in bats or throw in Medusa heads. I'll second that. And mm-hmm. and then the, the final battle with Dracula is another kind of fuck you moment because he's if you don't have the different platforms to jump to, he's not really that hard. And watching the the end of the PC Engine Rondo of Blood, I feel like that's the case with that. He doesn't seem like he's that hard. Like you, you have to do basically the same thing. It's visually more impressive. Maybe it is harder. I don't know because I didn't actually play that. But it it doesn't seem like he's all that challenging necessarily um, other than just like knowing what the patterns that he has are and, and, you know, making it all the way to the end on Dracula X, they were looking to make it harder. I think maybe as a result of it being relatively easy or comparatively easy on the PC engine, they were like, okay, well let's make this really hard. And it is, it's a, a giant pain in the ass because you really really have to get good at doing those jumps and figuring out what attacks make the most sense depending on where he shows up on those on those platforms sure and then you know and then and then you got to do it twice because he's you know of course he's got his normal form and then he's got his his whatever weird giant standard end of castlevania see. game right stuff yeah so i think all that said you know, for me, I'd say solid four, you know, on a bad day, I think I might've said three and a half, but I think it's a four. I think it's a really ambitious game at times. I I really enjoy the, the music, even though it's not maybe as good. I got to go back and listen to the soundtrack of Castlevania four, because I really don't remember it as well as I, I ought to. But I really like the music. I really like the tone of the music. I remember listening to MIDI files of Castlevania music back in the 90s and being like, what what freaking songs are these? I don't recognize any of these. Or I don't right. recognize the the instrumentation that they're using, that you know, f- sort of funky baseline instrumentation. And, yeah. and it's from Rondo of Blood and, and Dracula X, clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the it's where it all began yeah anyway so you know and i think also probably a lot of i don't know if it's true for this game necessarily but i know for symphony of the night there was a lot of negative criticism for that game 
because it was a 2D game released on the PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I remember people being um, very upset. <laughs> like, what is this? And now, of course, people are like, that was the greatest thing ever made. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I'm, I'm also wondering if it was in that weird period of time where people were just looking at the graphics that were there and being like, well, you know, this is like, we've already seen this. We've done this. Why, why? why isn't this better? And I feel like that's maybe why they did the first level that way. Like I said before, because it was like, it is super impressive that first level. Yes. And then it really kind of, it kind of falls off from there and becomes more of just like an enhanced standard Castlevania. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got you down for a four. Very good. So I think I'm going to read off Sashimi Z's review. Which was submitted in the la- in the in the you know in the zero hour in the eleventh hour um, because I I uh, I didn't ask for it you know how that is oh I'm sure he was super nice about that yeah yeah he's like oh I see how it is now I'm busy so Sashimi Z had had this to say <laughs> Hakumaju Dracula X Chino Rondo for the PC Engine is a phenomenal playing fantastically produced game. Right from the start, you're hit with the unnecessarily thematic German opening voiceover. Then stage two hits you with the vampire killer remix as it hits you with the feeling of busting through the original Dracula's castle again. Branching paths, different playing characters that asks to ma- that act to mask different difficulty levels, even a save file to encourage you to go back and 100% find everything in the game. It's the ultimate mix of the best elements of the previous games and yet another classic entry in the series at the height of the greatness of Castle Pennsylvania, Konami, and 2D action games in general. Anyway, I never played the SNES version, but I heard on an internet forum in 2005 it's a butchered port or something, so 3.0. I'm happy he really went to bat on this one. <laughs> this game's great. I don't know much about the other one. Should have gone 3.5. Veldor would have agreed with that. So, right? anyway. Wow. <laughs> All right, Jay. There's a lot of points I agree with. Mike, you had a, a lot of really good points. The good mic, not me. Yes. Okay. I mean, even like Robbie and Robbie and John going through the chat were agreeing with a lot of things, and even some of the things they said too. But there's hard parts to it. So, if Super Castlevania didn't exist, would I think this game's better? Yes. But Super Castlevania exists. Yeah. So, it's going to change my score. I liked. There's things I liked about it because it did it, playing it brought back a lot of the old, the classic, the Castlevania, and Castlevania Three, like Dracula's Curse. Like it brought a lot of that back. Yeah. It's hard because this is a predecessor to Super Castlevania. Mm-hmm. This should be a predecessor to the NES Castlevania collection. Imagine a world where this game came out before Super Castlevania Four. If this came out before Castlevania Four, none of this discussion would even be. Here. I think it still would for me, but I'll get into that in my own. But I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, I, it's something that just dawned on me. I was like, if you revolt, reverse these and go, that's a natural progression of three to Dracula X to. Yeah, I think it's a very different discussion. Yeah, yes. it is. But anyway, okay. But go, finish, please. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, there are things that, from a nostalgia point, I thought were great. So having the original weapons, I thought were cool, but they updated them which I thought was great. Yeah. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about how nice it was having the whip and you didn't have to build it up like you do on all the other ones. That was nice. Yeah. There are things. The like, item crash is cool. Yes, like, the I item love that. crash is really cool. I think the graphics are great, but there's points where they're frustrating. So 
a big point of contention to me is in the in the first level alone. I get everything's supposed to be on fire, but it's very distracting. Like just the fire in general is very distracting. It's hard it to concentrate very, with all that wavy orange in the background. Yes, but then it when you be. get into like Dracula's castle and in the background you can see like the background of the castle, like you can see the brick walls, you can see the windows, and it it, it just it looks great. But it just Castlevania Four or Super Castlevania is right going to be one of the hangups for me. I hate to say it that way, but it is. So I didn't hate it, but I didn't uber love it. It's three five. Three five. Three five. I think I gave it a I I, I wanted to take out Super Castlevania for it. I think if I put in Super Castlevania in the mix, I think I would have graded it lower. That's fair. Tiger Wolf Games says we're more than likely to get a NFT Vania. Or maybe a Pachinkovania from Konami. Oh hey, that's a good that's a good one. Fun fact Burning Village was actually named after its founder, John Burning. The fact that it was on fire was just a coincidence. Nice. <laughs> Tiger Wolf says I'd play Pachinkovania. Maybe I would. Nice. All right. I guess that leaves me. Hey, you're up. Man, I go back and forth on this one. Let's see if I'm gonna bat a thousand because I got everybody else right. I even got Mike. I even got Mike C right. I, if you would have asked me before this conversation, and even up until five minutes ago, I had a score in mind, and I I bounce back and forth because there are some things about this game I just don't like. I think that it sucks that like just throwing in birds and Medusa heads to make things more difficult, difficult, which just seems like a, like, I think like even the pedestal thing with Dracula, it's like, we don't want to put a lot of effort into this, but we don't want it to be super easy. So like, okay, just put them on fucking pedestals or, you know what? Toss some fucking birds in there that don't fly at you or you can't see or fly in this weird fucking direction that you can't really time out ever. You know what I mean? Like that to me is just like kind of lazy. I'm not a programmer, but to me, that's like, okay, we have to fill some gaps here. This game can't be a walkthrough. How do we do that? Toss some fucking Medusa heads at it is usually the answer, right? Couple that with the invincibility frames that you do not get. You get hit, and then you almost immediately can get hit again. And that is bullshit, okay? In this game where you get knocked back, and you're, there are times when you absolutely cannot avoid getting hit. Unless you have absolutely the perfect weapon or everything goes exactly right. There are times where enemies like are sitting at the top, top or bottom of stairs or whatever it is, or, or skeletons throw bones at you or whatever it is. There are times when you absolutely can un- not is unavoidable to be hit. And to not be able to have some refuge from that, even temporarily, where an enemy can just drain your power because they're on top of you and you can't get away from them, and they're hitting you every half second. Bang, 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 bang. That sucks. So that bugged the shit out of me. I don't also like the fact that you never deviate from the slow plotting path. Now, that's the same in Castlevania 1 and 2, and I love those games. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair to say that. But in this game, it just feels like laborious. It looks like he's speed walking, but he's also speed walking in Rondo. So I can't really like ding it for that, right? Like it's that same like weird, like he's doing this. Amy even said it when I was playing it, you know, on, on vacation. She's like, why is he speed walking? I'm like, yes, I know. I don't understand it. <laughs> And then she and then she said, "Why are you playing this game if you hate it so much?" Because she, nice. <laughs> I was so frustrated. But it was because I was playing it on the Switch, and I will tell you what a vast difference it is to play it even on like EverDrive or something. Playing it on the Switch introduces so much lag into that game that it makes it in, almost impossible to advance. And even with like save states, which I never use, I was like, "I'm gonna have to use them because I can't progress," you know. But but anyway, so with all that being said. I, I do think that it is a, an okay game. 
when I compare it against other things, like I compare it against Castlevania, okay, like I get it. We just talked about this in the Zelda episode where I'm trying to be honest with myself and not be a hypocrite because in the Zelda episode I said, well, they can't both be fives because the first one's a five. The other one has to be used good. No, they can be different and both be good. And they both can be excellent for different reasons. So I wouldn't say that this game is excellent. I think I'm in the same boat you guys are. I'm, I'm giving it a three. So, Hot damn, I got them all. <laughs> I was originally going to give it a 2.5, but I always go into this talk with an idea of what mm-hmm. I think. And then I listen and I try to say, okay, maybe it's a little bit better than I thought. Maybe it's a little, like Altered Beast. I came out of that going, yeah, that game fucking sucks. I thought it sucked. And I listened to everybody else except Robbie. Okay. Because Robbie loves everything and I, I, I love him, but I don't, you know, maybe he's still here. I think you need to get yeah, good. Yeah. He tells you, he's telling you, you need to get good. That's fine. <laughs> maybe I do. It doesn't have anything to do with that. But I just, just want to mention Robbie. Robbie was calling out that those those things we were complaining about, like with the Medusa heads and stuff, those are staple enemies in Castlevania. And I agree. I feel like the problem with it in Dracula X, and it sounds like you're saying the same thing, is that it just felt lazy. They were like, we don't know what else to do, so just put the Medusa heads yep. here. Whereas in other games, it feels strategic. It was a part of the game. Like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Or I've got to walk across this bridge and avoid them, but also like make it and jump and time my jumps. But I felt like every time that I was in a situation like that in this game, there were either birds or Medusa heads flying at me every time. Or, or you're going up, right? You're trying to go up all those steps and level like mm-hmm. four or five or whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, just it, like... Give me a break here. Like the the birds in uh when the when you're and what is it level three or four? I can't remember where you have that um the the moving base and you have to go underneath. You have to kneel down underneath the spikes and and you've got the guys popping out of the bottom of the water of you. And it's like that they are unrelenting. It goes and it goes. And you can beat it and then you like there are times you have to literally like kill a bird and watch that pedestal come and go two or three times because the timing just isn't there. So. It's a, it's, I try to listen to what everybody else has to say, and then I formulate my score around it. And, and I already have a base idea. Like In this case, I thought I was going to score a 2.5. But there are some redeeming things. There are some things that I thought about comparatively to other versions of the game or early versions of the games or other things that I've even said and how I've compared games in the past. So I want to be fair to all that as well. So in, in this case, I, th- I felt like it deserved a slight bump because of it. So I'm giving it a 3. One quick thing I want to chime in as far as the difficulty on the game that I did appreciate that I forgot to mention is out of all the Draculas on the, the four predecessors of this, that is probably in, and there's still, you get the rhythm down. It's not that bad, but he's probably the hardest. You look at like Castlevania two, you just stand there and throw holy water on his ass. He doesn't do shit. He can't, stands there until he's dead. Can't hear. Cause it's triple the cost, baby. I mean, all the Draculas and all the Castlevania games before are fairly simple to beat. And also with the Grim Reaper. So the Grim Reaper on the clock tower, it, he's not impossible, but he's kind of a pain in the ass. The other ones, no. He's a big, slow, dumpy, yeah. looming Grim Reaper. It's like, wow, I got to fight the Grim Reaper. Let me move two inches and hit him 16 Well, we've times. all figured it out now, though. Yeah. All you got to do is jump online for five seconds and go, okay, that's how you beat that guy. Let me move on to the next one. It's, all still, fe- it's, it's not like it used to be where I was like, oh, God, what, what a weapon do I have to have? Or where do I stand? Or what do I do? Nowadays, it's like I watch a speed run and go, that's how you beat that guy the but fastest still, it's, way. It's, it's <laughs> still a, if you look at Dracula on X, it's still, it's still kind of, you get that, uh, almost that anxiety. It's like almost, it's like when you were trying to get, get me through being Shao Kahn and you're just like, <laughs> duck, back up. No, back up now. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't. 
<laughs> but that's kind of how you get because you're like, is it, do I stand the, the especially the first couple times you play him, or the first time you play him, you're like, do I stay on this pedestal or do I move to this one? Yeah. Where do I go? You like, pick one and you stay there unless he shows up as yes, the rule. Yes. That's how it works. But when you it, when you play when it, you first play it, that's not you, how you're, you're like terrified. Do I just like chill here? Or yeah. I don't think that works. You get and, jumpy. Yeah. All right, Jay. So. so where can you play this game today? <laughs> Nowhere. No. On Moving Super- on to the collecting. Right. <laughs> go ahead. Um, you can play it on Super Nintendo or Super Famicom. Uh, you can play it uh, from the 3DS eShop, the Wii eShop. If you've downloaded them already. Yes. Yeah. They, they used to be able to purchase them there 10 years ago or eight years ago. Or whatever. Yeah. And then they have the Castlevania Advanced Collection, which is on Xbox Advance. One. Yes, the advanced co- I said advanced advanced <laughs> collection, which is on Xbox One, PS4, uh, Switch, and PC. Yeah, and so if you played on the Switch, prepare yourself for a bad time because it was not. Just don't play on the Switch. It was not fun. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to burn through the collecting, and uh, Jay, same with me burning, and we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. So Word. there are only two versions of this game. Okay, there is the Super Nintendo version, and there is the Super Famicom version. We talked about Akumaju Dracula XX, right? So a loose copy of this game for Super Nintendo, $340, roughly. That's just a loose game, okay? CIB, I saw one go for just over $1,000 a few weeks ago. I've seen them for as, go for as much as $1,500. Sealed, I haven't seen one sell. John had one I told I you say, how the much show. was the one that John had? $1,700, but his was complete, complete. He literally bought a copy of Bloodlines to pull the reg card to put in that because they are the oh. same reg card between the two. There's no, yeah, it was, I thought it was too. So, but yes, they are the same reg car as far as he said. And I I do believe him. He's a collector by heart and uh, sells games for a living now, but, but yeah. So, so if Mike needs another box copy, we know a guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, one is too many. (laughs) It's a good looking copy though. Three is not enough. Super Famicom loose this is an 80 to 90 dollar game have not run into it. i saw one lot that had this game in it and the price got too high because it had a bunch it had contra spirits and a couple of other high-end mm-hmm. like americanized high-end games and i was like i'm not paying that much i'm not collecting it like this is one i would keep if i got it but i'd have to get it in a lot and and not have to go buy it outright like i bought super metroid for myself this is not one i would go buy for myself yeah. but 80 to 90 dollars loose that's high for a super famicom game okay again yeah. very good reason and then cib it's about a 200 dollar game from what i could tell um cib and then yeah yeah and then sealed you sealed super famicom games they don't kind of exist they do but they they weren't really sealed to begin with so and then graded i only found a couple instances i didn't look at population reports for this one but i will say that the last time this game and last and only time this game sold graded was on heritage auctions in february of 2019 for four thousand and eighty dollars it was a 9.6 a and the only other one that i can see that has been up for sale is an 8.5 A plus that is on eBay for $11,000 from, from some stupid, the Atticus collection or whatever stupid, you know, they try and put all this reverence around these video games. Like this is the person who curated this collection and had them graded. I don't give a fuck about any of the hat. I'm sorry. Like nobody cares, man. Okay. Anyway, I digress. I, yeah, I should buy the $11,000 8.5 A plus. I was told on one of the graded game, uh, you know, groups on Facebook that 8.5s are trash. That nobody, no idiot would want to spend their money on an 8.5. And I look around myself and I think, yep. <laughs> as the uh, as sir, the market I have your idiot. Yeah, as, as the market crashes <laughs> left yeah. and right. Might know a guy. Um, yeah. 
I, I got curious. Um, Wada's population report shows that they've graded nine of them. Yeah, that's low. That's not a lot. And that's not yeah, surprising. It's actually more than I thought it was going to be, though. You know, it was interesting. I was looking at Castlevania Chronicles for PlayStation because I have it sitting here. I'm like, how many of that is a 22 of that and 40 yeah. of Symphony, which, again, like population reports. It's it's such a weird thing because you'll go look at like Friday the Thirteenth and there's so much dead stock that got graded and it's like that game is like nine point eight eight plus plus all over the place and if you don't have right. that you got like the bottom third of everything but and who cares I don't give a shit about really any of the grade stuff but ultimately nine is nine is low okay but like I'm also usually looking at NES numbers that are I think skewed most of the time they're either very high or very low so yeah but I yeah mean, nine is not a lot. By contrast, I looked up Ogre Battle 1. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and sales numbers-wise, th- that makes sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Ogre Battle, I think the number that everybody agrees on, even though nobody can corroborate it, is 25,000 was yeah. sold. Because it sounds like it was a single print run, and that was it. Sure. Um, so that that kind of makes sense. But, the yeah, it's it's a hard game to find. How many of them nights. were there? How many of the Ogre Battle were there in Pop Report? one one okay wow i didn't hear you say that i'm sorry yeah yeah no no yeah so, so you know the, the funny thing is you know you can you can usually find both games on ebay circulating it's just a matter of you know do you want to pay the, the yeah, money that agreed somebody's asking for and it's usually the answer should the answer should be no it should unless probably you're like be yeah. hardcore <laughs> yeah unless you're hardcore into collecting for or you need this game for some reason you know like buy the super famicom version or don't just you know emulate it or something yep i i cannot agree with you more on that so do not pay 340 dollars loose for this game cash if you trade in a bunch of junk for it that's cool like robbie did but i wouldn't i wouldn't pay that much money if i was if i walked into like media reload or kyle's shop and they had this game i would start thinking about the crap i have at home that i could trade to get it as opposed to going i've got to buy that for 340 dollars. so i agree with that so are right. you still thinking about getting the copy from john eh, i'd have to trade stuff Maybe I would I would get it if I could trade them enough stuff, but I don't really want to. They'd be cool to have just for like yeah. display and like pictures and stuff, but I don't think it's worth it. Like I would also clear out a bunch of junk, but we can talk about that another time. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Yeah. So right. speed running. People have done it, and we're done. Moving on. So we got to wrap up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> How many runners were there of this? Uh, uh, Forty-eight runners did three hundred and three runs. That's, that's average. Yeah, pretty good. So so the different endings we have. So we have on run types. So we have the bad ending, which is the catacomb shortcut, which That's is where you save no girls. Yeah, you're not saving anyone. That was uh, Tiger Wolf Games. I mean, SBD Wolf. <laughs> Tiger Wolf Games. Oh, I didn't know. he. Oh, no, he didn't hey. do it. It was right here. It says SBD Wolf. Silent but deadly wolf. Is that what that is? I'm assuming. Anyway. Uh, but he did it in 13 minutes and 26 seconds. And that's as fast as this game has been beat. Yes. And that's. Ultimately, that would be the shortest way to do it because you're doing Actually the short. Watched that run today, and yeah. it, the funny part was one of the the infinitely superior wolf. That's correct. Tiger Wolf says <laughs> the funny part about that run was there were definitely places where he could have done better. Like it was not one of those like this is as optimized as it's going to get. Yeah, I would bet you that they you could probably shave another eight to ten seconds off easily. He could have in that run. I bet. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Go ahead. So then for the good ending, which is saving one of them, would be... It's uh, Maria. Yes. Which, that one was done by Crunan, C-R-U-N-A-N. Mm-hmm. That was 15 minutes and 17 seconds. Yep. 
Then the best ending, of course, is Were you say both? both of them. Yep. And that one was done by Cronin as well at 15 minutes and 58 seconds. It's weird that it took 41 seconds longer to save the one other person. Mm, it's on the way. Yeah. You could skip it. Yeah. It's, it's literally probably the time that it takes to go up, open the door, have her do the cutscene, and then walk back out. That's all it is, I'm sure. Yeah. It's the same run, I'd well, imagine. Yeah, I guess I don't think about the cutscene because you guys yeah, to she talks her to you. Say, thank you for saving me. And then you're like, and you're like, all right, peace, bitch. Deuces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did she go after that? I was always wondering. Like, you're like, okay, cool. You're still in the castle. The door's open. I guess you can get out, but yeah. good luck with all these fucking dickheads with the knives in, and swords and in the Medusa heads. Yeah. No. In the in the cutscene in Rondo, he's like, "Oh, the castle's clear up to this point." Yes. So I guess I guess that's the idea. Like he killed everybody already. They so. didn't have the space in the memory in the RAM there. Yeah, the yes. ROM. Okay, and then the last one, which I thought was interesting, whip only. So I'm assuming that's not yep. using any special no weapons or using the. Um, wow, I can't even think of it now. Item crunch. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. I can't think either. So that one was done by Kroonin as well, and that one was 18 minutes and 35 seconds. Do you think that Kroonin, who holds all those three, looks at the catacomb shortcut like he looks down his nose at it like, I'm not doing that run. He might have. I'm not. <laughs> I only do the good runs. I'm not going to use some shortcut where you might have accidentally fallen and moved into level four or whatever it is. Maybe. So the ironic piece with watching these runs is how they do it backwards and do the slide jump because oh, you move quicker. Yeah. They're con- you, yeah, if you walk in this game, you can't walk in this game and speedrun it. They should do a speedrun where it's walking only. None of that weird backflip jump shit that you can do. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, I'd love to see what that, that record would be. That would be interesting. So, Wouldn't it, though? It would be. All right. So those were all taken from speedrun.com. Of course. So? So? Where does that bring us? That brings us to finding out... You know what? If Mike, Mike on, C has anything hold interesting. On. Before we move on to that, one second. Okay. I just looked it up. Kroonin holds second place on the catacomb shortcut. Bad so ending. he has done it. He's 27 seconds slower than SBD Wolf. Get good. I think he's pretty good at the other ones. So well, anyway, uh, you were saying? I was just going to ask. I was going to ask Mike, Mike C if he had any other feedback. He got to listen to us talk a lot. Poor guy, we invite him on, and we did 90% of the talking. Any other feedback on the speedrunning or collecting aspects of this game? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, or just I, in general. No, that's fine. I, I looked at the uh, Rondo Blood speedrunning. It's about twice as long. 36 minutes is the current record, 100%. I think that was interesting. Hmm. Cutscenes I mean, are longer. The cutscenes are longer. Yeah, I think everybody always says Rondo Blood is a much longer game. I I didn't find that to be the case with the wa- the full playthroughs that I was looking at. I mean, there there's some guy who's got an hour, like a five hour video of him playing that game, but it seemed like he didn't really know what he was doing because people who are, <laughs> it was me average, apparently. No, go ahead. <laughs> people who are kind of average at it, you know, it's like an hour for them to complete the full game. So neither game is that long. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, ultimately I think we've kind of, talked it to death at this point but you know it's um it's it's an interesting interesting game it's it's kind of funny we'll never see this kind of thing happen again i don't think yeah i agree you know technology being the way it is so it's it's the way games are produced and yeah i agree i agree all right well with that are we doing this i think it's time to wrap up so next episode is going to be our friend Kyle from Retro Replay. 
he wants to do an episode specifically about Godzilla. So I'm not sure if it's going to be about a specific Godzilla game or if it's going to be about all Godzilla games, which I think is what he wants, but we'll find out. And that's actually going to be Wednesday, August 24th. Okay, so Jay, why don't you tell the people listening to us now where they can find us? Well, got the best part of the show coming up. So we've got a link tree. A what? A link tree. How does that work? So it's a it's a site you go to and it accesses all of our social media sites. Well, how do you get to it? You'd go to uh, linkter.ee yeah. forward slash lost joystick. Neat. Linkter. What's there? Linkters? Linkters. Eee! <laughs> <laughs> and it's bedtime for Mike. Oh, well past. <laughs> so, um, or if you like, just prefer to go directly to our social media sites. Uh, we have uh, Instagram and Twitter, which is Lost Joystick, Facebook and Twitch, which is Lost Joystick Network, and then our email, of course, which is info at lostjoystickNetwork.com. That is correct. And then, Mike, would you like to plug your stuff just so we don't leave you out on that one? Sure. So I'm not streaming episodes right now, but hopefully come September, I will be. You can find me pretty easily on YouTube by just searching like NES programming and look for Michael Curamonte. That comes up usually within the first couple of results. You know, don't worry about that number one result guy. You know, his videos suck. They do. Um, <laughs> no, I watched no, them. There are a lot of resources, but, you know, that's that's the easiest way to find it instead of learning how to spell my last name. <laughs> True. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Clarivus. I'm on Discord um, also, you know, at Clarivus. I'm, uh, I'm on the Collector's Quest Discord because I'm giving them my money for some reason uh, in their Patreon and uh because we're idiots no it's yeah (laughs) no it's a good shout out to clear us c-l-e-a-r-y-u-s wait no uh the u.s i'm kidding that was a joke i was 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 making the the default gen joke there j-e-n go ahead and then yeah i'm on uh video game sage also uh for any of you who are on that and yeah, I, don't I know. am. Hit me up if you have questions about NES programming. Um, I know I have the Patreon and my own Discord, but that's mostly because I had people who were like, felt weird about asking me questions for free and in me answering for free. So I was like, okay, fine. If you want to give me money, give me money. Yep. Good for you. <laughs> it's nice when you get to the point where they demand to pay you. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So my, you know, my $8 a month. Well, I appreciate you being on and thank you for coming on and spending some time with us and talking about uh castlevania dracula x and hopefully you won't be a stranger i know you're always around in the chat and i appreciate we all appreciate you supporting the show so with that i have bid us farewell and to say go out there have fun be safe and be excellent to each other 